Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we year by year explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded our lives. I'm your host, and certainly not a lamo, Rod, and I'm joined by a local, Jess. I'm a Jess. Lo- locust. I'm a no. I'm a local. Local. Yeah. Is that is that a tribe that you're a part no, of? No, 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 <laughs> no. Is that your tribe? What was that, sir? I I don't know, sir. What was that? <laughs> no, no. Do it again. No. Do it again. No, that was sir. A- I didn't hear it. Do it again. No. Hey, neighbor, do it again. Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, hi. So if you're new to uh, Media Maith, let me explain. Uh, Jess and I, what we have done is we have looked at a list of every television show released in the year 1999 because it is a television episode. We do this for movies and music as well, but today it's TV. So we looked at that list and we decided which TV show each of us have watched the most in our lives. I believe my show I watched every episode of. So I've seen it start to finish, the whole thing. Why? It's bad. Because it was on the TV. That's fair. That's fair. Was your, did you watch yours from start to finish, completion? I watched it to completion, but also out of order. Got it. Yeah, it's going to be one, it's like, it's kind of funny, like our, our episodes for this 1999 the year of 1999 uh they've been kind of representative of the whole kind of arc of media made so far you know it's like a nice finale you know season finale of (laughs) of media made you know they kind of it's a lot of culminations of things Right. right i feel like for one yes my show is certainly a culmination of some topics that we've discussed here in media made Mm -hmm. but two both of these shows are so 1999 they are stuck in 1999 they can exist nowhere else but the year 1999 (laughs) they had more seasons though they are a product of their time and when that time passed like there's no going back you can't make shows like this anymore they're so outdated both of them mine's not yes it is mine's (laughs) relevant well i guess that's true (laughs) i suppose it's true but like the style that it gives off is. I would wear. I would wear almost everything I see in my show, and their makeup is excellent. But we will get to that in the second segment because we're going to start out with my show, 1999. What's that? Debuting August 16th, 1999, on Nickelodeon, featuring the voice talents of Joseph Ashton, Shayna Fox, Sam Saleta, Ulysses Quadra, John Kassir, Ray Bumatai, created by Arlene Klasky and Gabor Chupo. That is Rocket Power. that friggin' record scratch and, and rail grinding noise that <laughs> it, it's it's rocket power rocket power it's a show about extreme sports extreme kids is it yes is that a tagline i don't know sorry very much extreme sports <laughs> like <laughs> i was I, every were, were you uh you know into the extreme sports in 1999 absolutely not we had those little like finger skateboards Tech Deck. Yeah. I had Tech Deck. I didn't, but people did. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So um, the Rocket Power is a, a show on Nickelodeon. It's a show about four uh, preteens, I guess. I fifth, guess. Fifth graders, sixth graders uh, who live in Southern California mm. in a beachside town, and they do all the extreme sports. Every single sport that is extreme. Skateboarding, rollerblading, 
street hockey, surfing, snowboarding. Did you say snowboarding? Can you snowboard on the beach side? They they do they 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 go up to the mountains sometimes to do some snowboarding. We do have mountains pretty close to us. I'm just saying, if you lived in Santa Monica, California, you can. It's a pretty swift drive to Big Bear, where you can do some snowboarding. Yeah, it's true. Arrowhead. (laughs) You can also snow there. Uh, Yeah. So. did you watch this show as a kid? Uh, I'm definitely caught episodes. I did not care for it at all. Why, why is that? I don't like the art. <laughs> it's a trademark of our good friends, Arlene Klasky and Gabor Chupo. Yep. Yeah, we've talked uh, their shows and uh, we talked Rugrats. We talked Wild Thornberries. Common theme is ugly characters. That's true. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, Wild Thornberries is the ugliest of that trio. But there was just something about rocket power that I couldn't stand growing up. I mean, we'll get into it, but it is a bit more appealing visually than those other shows. I feel like. Mm, okay. It's more. It fits more the style because, like, you know, you think about all those like skateboard companies, like you know, and and, and like what you would get on your, you know, skateboard art or whatever, mm-hmm. like the kind of stuff you'd see on the bottom of a skateboard yeah. or on a tech deck. Like those were ugly characters sometimes, really edgy. So it kind of fit to have ugly, edgy characters in your cartoon. I guess, I'm not, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Gro- I just didn't want to spend my time on that. <laughs> so I was definitely a Nickelodeon baby. We've talked about it. You were a Disney baby. I was a Disney I, I was Disney baby, a Nickelodeon boy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was pretty much just, I, I don't remember the show premiering, but it was definitely like, you know, on all the time. Mm-hmm. So whenever I watched Nickelodeon, it was just like, I was watching it. And yeah. this was probably one of my, f- more favorite shows on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. at the time, you know? Like, I had shows that I liked better, especially another show that debuted this same year, which we'll talk about when we talk runners-up. Yeah. But this show was... I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it better than Wild Thornberry, that's for sure. That's true, because Eliza's dumb. Yeah. And, like, you know, it was just exciting. You know, I was never a sports guy. I didn't play a lot of... Like, I played... <laughs> I did martial arts. I played baseball for one season, and I hated it. Uh, and I, I didn't do any other sports, but watching kids have fun doing extreme sports was interesting to me. It was engaging. Did you like a sh- an extremely goofy movie? I never watched. I've only seen that movie once. Hmm. I feel like it had a lot more to do. It had. It had X, X. It did. It had like the X Games flavor as well. You did watch a lot of Brink. Brink. <laughs> What's? Yeah, I'm just saying. There's a lot of like stuff that was going on that like informed this show's vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was. It was definitely. That whole subculture was very popular. That's true. It was like the most extreme sports that I did as a kid was like going my Razor scooter. <laughs> Mine was jaywalking. Oh, okay. <laughs> extreme jaywalking. <laughs> jaywalking is always extreme. But yeah, I guess uh, with that said, we're going to get into the show. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get wild and crazy and rockety. So uh, the history of this show, there's not a lot of it because there's, it, there's not a lot of information out there. About the making of Rocket Power. Um, That's interesting because I feel like all the other Classic and Shupo things have had a long drawn out thing. This is just like, eh, you make good shows. Here's some money. I watched some video essays and read some articles and like there's a conspiracy theory amongst like Nickelodeon nerds. That, like Classic and Shupo, this is the show they try to sweep under the rug. <sighs> you know, they didn't care for it. It was like a you know network mandate show. That's why they don't care that much about it. Hmm. They, they haven't really gone out of their way to talk about it too much and they haven't you know there's not a lot of they don't really discuss too much in interviews you know on their website there's like one sentence about it (laughs) so maybe it was a passionless project Mm. um but at the same time it's like 
it's really obvious how this show was made. You know, it was mm-hmm. like meant to appeal to a certain demographic that was very big at the time. Yeah. You know, and capitalize on a subculture. I don't think there's much more to say. Okay. But anyway, so let's, let's talk about the show then. Well, no, no, let's get it. <laughs> no, you just said everything. There's not much to say. As we so talked, who are our characters? As we talked about in our 1991 and 1998 TV episodes, animation production company Klasky Chupo formed the programming backbone of Nickelodeon, having produced hit shows like Rugrats and The Wild Thornberries. Were they also responsible for Rocco's Modern Life? No. Okay. The only other show I believe that they did for Nickelodeon was Ah, Real Monsters. Mm. I, I, that was probably my favorite of the classic Chupoche. I never liked that Chip, show. Chup shows. That show was too gross and ugly like, yeah. for me. Like way too much. I was fine with it. Because they're monsters and they're supposed to be bumpy and ugly. Like I was like, yep, this is a pretty little monster. Because it's not supposed to look like a human. I get it. So the idea for Rocket Power was partially inspired by the sports and recreation interests of Klasky and Chupo's sons and their friends, including skateboarding, rollerblading, surfing, snowboarding, and ice hockey. Uh, Ice hockey? Street hockey. I I guess they did ice hockey at the time, (laughs) you know. So, like, uh, there's an interview out there with Arlene Klasky where she talks about uh, taking her kids to do all the different sports that they were in. And they were all into all of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, there was just a lot of stuff. She had to get her boys out there to, like, you know, burn all their energy off. Yeah. So it's just she, they got them into all these different sports, uh, and so she was basically just making a show to appeal to her sons and their friends. So they'd stay home, and she wouldn't have to take them anywhere. I don't know, but these interests coincide with the rise of extreme sports in the late '90s, which we talked about a little bit. But it was so big. Yeah. Like I looked it up. The X Games started in 1995. Okay. Hmm. Um. You had things like skate videos, skate magazines. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the video game, mm-hmm. launched in 1999. So the same year as this. Right. Uh, and that was a big deal. Like, I remember playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the first time at my friend Chris's house. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother had rented it, and we played it, and it was the coolest thing. <laughs> right? Because I, I, we never played a game like that before, where it was mm. all about, like, chaining together, like, trick combos and, you know, going riding on the half pipe and trying to get the longest grind you could or <laughs> trying to find all the hidden ta- uh, hidden like Coins. skate tapes mm-hmm. you know get the skate word uh, spelled out <laughs> I don't know it was it was a lot of fun did you ever play that uh no okay well it was a big uh, you, deal you know what I mean I know what it was I definitely saw people playing the game I don't play games and of course you you mentioned the tech deck mm-hmm. <laughs> that was something that was big yeah I, I, I didn't even think about that but that totally goes with it Freaking Brink on Disney Channel, all about inline skating. Yeah, oh yeah, it was about inline skating. the The closest I ever did you ever ride a skateboard? Uh, I've fallen on a skateboard. <laughs> I'm so very clumsy. We uh, in my first year of college, somebody had a deck, like a skateboard deck, that they purchased and they hadn't um, screwed any wheels in, so it was literally just a board. And I like jokingly, I was like, ah, oh, a board I can actually skate on, and. It was down on the carpet. I stepped on it and it shot out from under Slippery. me. And yes. I just fell. I was like, I can't. It doesn't even have wheel. How? So I don't sport. I'm like thinking back. It's like, I, I definitely didn't. I rode the I rode the scooter, right? Because mm-hmm. that was a big thing in like 2001. Everyone had a Razor scooter. Um, but my friend Derek got into skateboarding for a while. You know, so he was like practicing like freaking kickflips and, and ollies in front of his you know, he lived across the street, so he mm-hmm. was always doing that in the street. Um, and then, like, I remember when he was into it, like, his mom would take us to skate parks. Right. Uh, every so often. 
like there's a skate park like close to where our mall is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I would bring my scooter because that was the only thing I could, <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, try to do tricks on the scooter. But there's not much you could do on a freaking scooter. Except break your shins. I don't know. Uh, so, you know, it was I was always adjacent to the extreme sports stuff. Mm. For me, it was the video games. Like I said, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. Uh, Dave Mira's BMX. Uh, yeah. There was a, I think, Kelly Slater surfing or something like that. There was an extreme surfing video game. Oh, wow. There was, oh, no, it was a, there was a wakeboarding one, too. Huh. A, a wakeboarding video game where you're like, you're, you're, you're holding on to the rope that's attached to a, a boat. And you could do tricks off the boat's wake, huh. but also detach from the boat and like go surf off into like cliffs and things. <laughs> into the sunset. Yeah, and like grind on cliff sides or something. Oh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. wow. They were like, no, nah, we can make a game about anything. And, uh, you know, this was the rise of MTV, mm-hmm. Bam Margera's like, you know, television dynasty. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about the extreme sports and prank video, prank shows. I don't know who Bam Margera is. Yeah, you do. Do I? Viva La Bam. Oh yeah, no, I didn't watch any of those other shows. But anyway, it was it was very edgy time, and uh, Rocket Power was taking in all those influences and making to make, them less edgy, making a kids show. <laughs> in 1998, the pilot for Rocket Power was produced and pitched to Nickelodeon under the title Rocket Beach. Oh. Uh-huh which reportedly followed main character Twister and his friends in a fictional town called Ocean Park. Hmm. Uh, so I, I listened to an interview with one of the executive producers of the show, and he mentioned that at the time, production companies working with Nickelodeon were expected to pitch like 10 projects a year. Oh, wow. So I can imagine working under those conditions where it's like you got to like basically shotgun 10 concepts at, out at Nickelodeon, and mm-hmm. then like they'll decide what they want to pursue or not, right? Right. So... They were probably just throwing ideas at Nickelodeon, and then this one project caught their eye mm-hmm. and was like, oh, yeah, a, a show about kids riding skateboards and uh, capitalizing, probably a big marketing appeal. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. Yeah. You know, so maybe it was a bit soulless mm-hmm. where like Class Kichupo wasn't like Cash really, grab. They weren't like really into the idea, but it was the one that stuck. Mm-hmm. So it was the one they pursued. Yeah. It yeah. wouldn't have been, the, that's not, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, the company push something that like Angelica was not something they wanted in Rugrats. It's true. Yeah, it fits. It fits. Yeah. Nickelodeon looking to capitalize on the burgeoning Gen Y, now known as millennials, demographic, (laughs) must have liked the pitch because 20 episodes were ordered for a 1999 debut. Ooh. And that's the history of Rocket Power. (laughs) That's it. Well, nice. It was a show that they came up with. They pitched it to Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon said, yes, let's do that. And they did that. They did that thing. Yep. So let's talk about the first episode. <laughs> All right, first it's going to th- be a short episode, kids. Thank goodness. All right. Rocket Power. Uh, it was Every episode split up into two segments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like most cartoons. Mm-hmm. First segment of the first episode of Rocket Power is called New Squid on the Block. <laughs> nice pants. Expecting snow? I haven't unpacked my shorts yet. Where are you from? Kansas. How's the surf? No ocean. What about snowboarding? Too flat. Street hockey? If you mean roller hockey. Yeah, they play that. Cool! Now we have a quad team! Great! What's a quad team? So The sound effects. Just, th- this, is, this episode is very similar to the episode of Recess that we watched for our 1997 TV episode. Is it? Where oh, like yes. <laughs> a core group of friends, uh, you know, a, a new kid moves into town to join that group. 
So in Rocket Power, you got three friends who hang out on their cul-de-sac mm -hmm. and a new kid moves in and they get to know him and he's kind of an outsider and he has to be assimilated into the group. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Uh, you, you heard it there. That was the meeting of the main characters of the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Otto, Reggie, Twister, and their new friend, Sam. Twister was supposed to be the main character? In the original pitch, yes. That's so strange. Yeah, yeah. So Until you said all of the names together. When you said, like, Twister was the main, I was like, oh, yeah. I was picturing Otto. Wow. Yeah, so apparently when the show was being made, Twister was the main character. Uh, and then at some point that changed to be about Otto. Interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about them in a second. I but mean, technically, like, they they all split it. They don't necessarily have a main, main character. And if they would, I would say it's Reggie. But maybe that's just because I'm a girl. There's, I'm a lady. They all have, or at least Otto and Reggie, the Rockets, they're the main, you know, that's their last name. Mm -hmm. They're kind of the, the namesake of the show. Yeah. Like those two together are kind of the main characters. Yeah. They both like have, you know, equal pull. Uh, before I get any farther into that, uh, I should mention uh, we came in, like I, when we introduced the segment, I came in with uh, the theme song to Rocket mm -hmm. Power with the freaking record scratches. <laughs> uh, the, the theme song was composed by Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. Oh. A classy Chupo favorite, like he did the music for Rugrats. And it was performed by Mother's Boss side project, The Wipeouters. Huh. The Wipeouters. The Wipeouters. The Wipeouters. <laughs> I don't know how to... Those who wipe out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, let's hear more from those main characters. We got Reggie, Otto, and Twister at the beginning. Hello. I'm shooting frame grabs for the zine, remember? I've got enough shots of you wiping out, Otto. Now get serious. My white belts are serious, Reggie. Hey, I can white belt too. Seriously. Spoken like a true squid, Twister. I'm sick of being the squid. It's a tough job, but somebody has to be the squid. And somebody has to do a decent burial. Allow me to demonstrate. That's She's it. doing a decent burial. Friggin'. The, the butt rock. <laughs> butt rock? 90s butt rock. That's what that with sounds like. With two Bs? Yeah. With two, with two, two T's? Two T's. Why is it called I don't know. That? Just, that's just what I call it. Like, okay. It's kind of the music you'd hear in freaking Sonic the Hedgehog games. It's butt rock. I don't know. <laughs> it, to me, it's just like it's it's edgy alternative rock, but like it's, there's no artistry to it. It's all about like having fun and hanging loose and I don't know, just... It's being all a dirt bag. It's like all dirt about the chill, a boot. It's all about the chill. Dirt bag rock? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's, I feel something, like somebody's being offended right now. Something about it, man. It just sounds like butt rock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you heard there uh, Reggie and Otto are the rockets. They're more or less the main characters. Uh, Reggie's the girl, and Otto's the kid with the raspy voice. Mm hmm. Want to describe them in any way? They're short, they're wearing helmets. That all the kids wear helmets when they're out there doing their sports. Everyone Very has important. safety gear. Very important. Mm. Um, I think Otto is like very excitable. Is he? He he seems to be like he's just very like in your face. I don't know. Mm, he feel like he's confrontational. He's like a troublemaker. Uh, what is blunt? Class clown type character. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. And Reggie's much more responsible. She's the older sibling. She is the older sibling. Um, and then you got a little Twister, uh, who you, in, in this clip you heard him. They call him the Squid because Which he's, means new kid. <laughs> he's the newest kid to the neighborhood. You know him and his family. Uh, he's he's Latino, 
Yes. Uh, I, I do like that. They, they cast a kid with an accent. Mm-hmm. You hear it come through. And then when you meet his family, all of his family have accents. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a lot of my family in Twister's family, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, my grandma and, and stuff reminds me of Twister's parents. <laughs> and so they talk like California kids, right? I was like, sure. They they have the lingo. They have this. They definitely have like the. Uh, they pepper in like skater lingo, right? Yeah, like some, absolutely. You got to do a decent burial, right? I mm-hmm. didn't know what that was as a kid, but it sounded authentic. <laughs> Is it a real thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Don't I ask believe me. you. Don't ask me. Um, apparently, they went out of their way to, you know, bring in um, consultants to get the lingo correct. So Klasky nice. and Chupo in Nickelodeon. Hired a witch. Wait, no. different movie. <laughs> they employed a man named Gabe Sullivan, who was then contributing editor to Surfer Magazine as a language and technical consultant to ensure the authenticity of the subject matter. That's smart, because I'm sure like a lot of kids who watched this and were into the scene would have been turned off very quickly. Oh, yeah. I, they, there's a whole article about it like for like a marketing magazine. It mm-hmm. was like, if... Any kids who were into surfing culture, skateboard culture, if they even hinted that this was some kind of corporate product, they would have just broken Turned it, off. it sh- all the way off. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, they needed to be as true to life as possible. Right. Which totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes it seems pretty, like, it seems like they did, you know, a, a good job, a Ooh. good enough job. They went decent. Yeah. Um, but other times it's like, it's so on the nose yeah. that it's like, this could never exist again. <laughs> this is so much a 1999 thing. You know, it's like watching a movie like Gleaning the Cube, which was like this late 80s skateboarding movie mm-hmm. where it's like that is so late 80s, early 90s that it can't exist anywhere else. Or like watching the Power Rangers movie, right? The old one. Mm-hmm. It's like those characters, they talk that way. It's like they <laughs> exist in 1995. In this movie, it would never happen again. Yeah. No one talks this way anymore. That That's how it feels like listening to the rocket power kids stock. What was the movie you watched recently that was like uh about kids with their skateboards trying to get home like they were in oh, LA? Oh, that's uh What's Up Rockers, which is it, to, set in 2005, but uh th- that's a little bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. The kids they talk like normal kids because they were normal. Because they they were just they were yeah. not actors. They were just kids. Yeah, but they weren't like going out of their way to just like, you know, overuse California slang. Mm-hmm. Um but it is what it is. Yeah. So the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I guess I guess it's not like they talk weird. I think I think I uh were the actors for the kids kids? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. they picked really good ones. Reggie is one of those like voices where I was like, yeah, that's a that's an actor. Like that's not just somebody doing something. Yeah, she 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 went on to do a bunch of other things. I, I believe you. Like yeah. I was like, oh, that's a professional. Yeah, Shayna Fox playing Reggie and Joseph Ashton playing Otto. I think they stuck with the show to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twister was replaced a few times. Oh, no. Yeah, Twister. so um, in this uh, in this season, seasons one through three, he's played by Ulysses Quadra. Uh, and there's a point where they had to replace him with a new kid. Mm-hmm. And they do a whole episode where uh, he he gets, like, his voice cracks. You know, <laughs> and he, he, his voice changes into a deeper voice. <laughs> and so it's a whole thing about it. That's a smart way to make a transition. Anyway, so as the opening clip alluded to, a new kid moved into town. A new squid, if you will. I will. Um, so that kid is Sam. Um, how do we how are we introduced to Sam? Who, um, who's the first like neighbor to come and greet him? Some it, lady. It's not the kid. Some lady just kidnaps this child, 
from his new doorstep and his mom allows it. Yoo-hoo! It's your Ocean Shores One Woman welcome wagon. Saw your plates. You're from Kansas, the wheat steak. Why, yes. Yes, we are. Oh, hello. I'm Violet Stimpleton. So nice to meet you. Oh, still unpacking, I see. Well, why not take a break and come on over for some of my famous homemade ribbon candy? I use real ribbons. Oh, that's very nice, but I need to find the phone and some dishes, Mrs. Stimpleton. Oh, please, Violet. Oh, and who do we have here? This is my son, Sam. Well, hello, Sam. Hello. Listen, I have an idea. You unpack, I'll take Sam for a while and introduce him around the neighborhood. But I... Come on, Sam, is it? Well, I just know you're gonna love meeting my Merv. She literally takes this boy... By the arm. ...to her house. No, sir. No, madam. Woman, get your child. She's just a friendly old lady. No. (laughs) I'm new on this block. I don't know. Are you... No. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're crazy. She's a little crazy. Her and her husband. Yes. Her husband's Merv, by the way. My Merv is a retired electrical engineer. You like model trains? Sure. I I like trains. I don't care how much you like them. Never even think about touching anything remotely resembling a model train. Not in my house. Oh, Merv. They're just toys. (laughs) What's that? No parking! It's a one-tenth scale model of the Stimpleton homestead, perfectly accurate down to the simulated wood grain in the rumpus room. Oh, it is my masterpiece. Oh, Merv, it's just a mailbox. So, like, the Stimpletons, from what I remember, they're not that important to the overall show. Yeah. But for these opening two episodes, they are very important. Yeah. Yeah, like, they kind of, they have, like, a focal role in a way, (laughs) you know, so it's kind of important to meet them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you get everything you need to know about them from those two clips. Mrs. Templeton is very kind and sweet, but she's also overbearing. And very dismissive of her husband. Very bubbly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and she doesn't really listen. She just kind of talks your ear off. She's like that neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. the one who will just like call you on the phone, you know, and just talk and talk and talk and talk. I don't have that neighbor. We know. only have one neighbor we talk to. I'm going to tell him that you say that he's No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm thinking like back when my mom used to like get calls now from I neighbors know. and just... Just chat and chat and chat and chat chat all day. <laughs> um, and then her her husband Merv is a very angry man. So angry! Don't let your kid just wander around. This man's gonna smack your child for no reason. He's a retiree and he has his hobbies. He's angry about everything all the time. And uh, so he's been building a scale model of his home uh, to be used as a mailbox. So he has like a remote control for it, and it like opens up his garage, and that's the ma- the flap that go- the mail goes in. Yeah. Uh, and He's, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a tinkerer, that's for sure. He's a tinker tot. And this scene is good because it shows, it introduces some characteristics about Sam, the little mm-hmm. boy that they're showing around. Um, he it reveals that he knows like about technology. He knows about computers. He's a little tech whiz, right? And he in, he like impresses Merv slightly by like <laughs> talking computer, you know, or mm-hmm. he's talking about like megahertz and stuff. <laughs> He just uses like techno babble. Like I'm sure it really doesn't mean anything what he's saying. Yeah. But he's smart. And that's the thing. It's like, like describe Sam. He's short. He wears a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Only when they give him one. He's he's he he's not a sporty kid like the other kids are. Like no. he's very much like a nerd. He, he's a nerd. Yes. Uh so we always need one. And it's always gonna be blonde. He's and a short. bit heavy. 
Is he? He's just drawn square. Yeah, but I, I think he's meant to be like, you know, he's like a heavy nerd character. Right? Is he? Like, not like super overweight, but like, you know, it's, it's clear that he's in a new environment. Like he's kind of out of place with the other kids who like all day, you know, surf mm. and, 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 and skateboard. That's stuff. so interesting because I always read his like character design as like bulky, not like, like as in like a footballer. So he's got really square shoulders and stuff like he's just heavy in that way like i never expect like even though i guess i can read the like he's a nerd he spends all day in his computer he's overweight i just he does his character design doesn't read that to me it just kind of reads like i'm a quarterback or i'm a linebacker what is what is the thing that goes and you go and you and you, like the guy from blindside you just stand there in your brick wall what's that position defensive lineman that's the one it's built like a lineman all right and but also like when they go to the beach, for example, and like he, he, there's an episode where Sam learns to surf right for the mm. first time because he he needs a boogie board at first. Right. And he needs to learn how to surf. Um, and he's like too heavy to, to be on like the little board, you mm-hmm. know, like he keeps falling over because he has bad balance. Mm-hmm. So they have to get him a big board, like a big long board so that he could stay balanced. And stuff. Right. Um, but like he's drawn heavier mm-hmm. and, he, you know, he has no tan like he's always pasty and white. Yeah. Because he's from Kansas. Mm mm-hmm. Um, he comes to the, again, we don't get this in this open episodes. He shows up the first time they go to the beach, he goes to the beach with sandals and socks on and they call him a shoebie <laughs> because, uh, shoebies are people who wear shoes to the beach. Mm, I would, I'm I, a shoebie by the abso- way, absolutely. like as an adult, I consider myself a shoebie, uh, come at me, bro. Yeah. I have more than on more than one occasion had a razor sharp shell cut my foot that's not i have walked on beaches like not even broken glass i've walked on bleaches and started bleeding upwards of five times i wear i wear shoes (laughs) i wear sandals sometimes but i wear stuff that will cover my foot also sand is hot and it gets everywhere (laughs) but if you're if you're like a kid who like lives at the beach you know you're just gonna run around without socks yeah your shoes on really yeah i get that yeah i'm not gonna do it sorry i just thought of johnny tsunami (laughs) <laughs> that was another extreme sports uh, property at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so eventually Sam gets brought over to the Rockets house and he has introduced all the kids. Uh, you heard that in that opening clip where they're like, do you play skateboarding or surfing? And he's like, no, no. He's like, well, you do you do street hockey? He's like, yeah, they play that. Not me. <laughs> I'm a computer guy. And we learn we learn that Reggie is also into computers, so they kind yeah of- she's trying to like we heard that in the opening clip she's trying to put a zine together. Um, First time I ever heard of a zine was in this show. Really, I was very confused as an adult what kind of zine she was making because she was like recording with a camcorder. I was like, is the can you make an internet zine at this point? Is there like a YouTube? I think, it, zine? I think it's to like she she said she scans frames of her cam- like so. And at the time, like everyone is making skate videos. Yeah. You know, so she's self-publishing a zine. Yeah. She's probably just like, you know, running the video from her camcorder into the computer and mm-hmm. then taking a frame and like, you know, maybe cutting it out or, you know, showing. Yeah. Okay. But, that, yeah. that that makes sense. But I was at first, I was like, what, what are you doing? But that makes sense. That feels like a lot more work though. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's like, I, I've never made a skateboarding zine, so I don't know. Have you ever made a zine before? No. I've made a couple. Oh, cool. When I, I think the first one I made, I was in the fourth grade, maybe. I was making videos at that, like in around that time, you know, uh-huh. with my parents' old camcorder. Yeah, 
we, uh, we were... weren't doing skateboarding stuff though. We were just like messing around, but mm-hmm. um, no, like that was a huge thing. I remember like that same friend that I was playing freaking Tony Hawk with his, his, he and his brother and their friends, like they would get their camcorders out and like just do wild stunts in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. like build like a little soapbox derby or, or put like a bucket or a trash can on skateboards and push it around and just stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, so it was, that, that was, that was par for the course. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Reggie and Sam talk about computers. They do. Hey, I saw them moving in your computer stuff earlier. I have a laptop myself. What kind? Nothing special. Just a 486. It's okay. I published my zine on it. Yeah, right. You're trying to publish on a 486? Why not just use a rock and chisel? Well, do you have any real suggestions? I can bring my laptop over later. We'll see if we can make it work. Really? Cool. There you go. Their love language is C++. I think... I I cannot remember, but I think there is an episode where Sam develops a crush on Reggie. Which and is that's an episode. I don't think they ever, like, become an item. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, that... That's not what this show was. No, but there, I think there but was the a little... fan fiction. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but there was a, a bit of tension, I believe, in, in, a, in an episode or two where it's like... Because you learn that Reggie and Sam... They're in the uh, same grade. They're in the same grade, even though Sam is younger than Reggie. He's mm-hmm. the age of Otto and Twister. Um, but he's, you know, so smart that he skipped a grade. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Reggie. She's cool. Because let's be honest, that Sam's reaction, I was like, boy, you need new friends. <laughs> You better shut up. You better yeah, cut yeah. all that stuff out. She's, talking, she's trying to be like. Yeah. And then she's like, slimy, just slimy. like, <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to print whatever it was. You're trying to publish on that. And she's just like, well, what's your suggestion? Cause I, especially at that age, kids would be like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, you've hurt my pride. They don't know what a pride is, but, but it's been hurt. But he is, you know, he's, he's not the most sociable kid. Yeah, I think early in the episode, uh, his mom is like, "Why don't you go out and meet some new friends?" He's like, "But I wanted to spend the rest of my life watching TV." <laughs> Same. Oh my gosh! If my parents had moved me as a kid, I would have definitely used that as an excuse to not make any more friends, stay at home all the time. I'm a homebody. So uh, the the kids try to get Sam out of his shell. Like they they hear that his the people in Kansas played <laughs> street hockey, but not Sam. So they're like, cool, Sam, you're going to be our, you know, our fourth man in the in the street hockey tournament or mm-hmm. whatever. So they they give him, you know, a bunch of used stuff, used gear, right? Yeah. They give him his iconic shark helmet. Yes. His little shark helmet. Um, they give him, you know, pads and, and roller skates. And uh, you learn that he's horrible at street hockey. Yeah. the biggest demonstration of lameness I've ever seen. You're the one who's being lame, Twister. Yeah, but still, I don't think Sam here is much of a hockey player. I stink, okay? Sam, wait! Guess it's back to just the three of us. A lot of good that does us, you squid. Stop calling me squid! So when I was a kid, like, I think Twister was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now as an adult, like he's a real turd. Yeah, <laughs> he was just afraid of losing his spot in the friend group. Maybe in this one episode, he's a turd. Maybe yeah. he grows a little bit. But like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, he's like just 
antagonizing Sam the whole time. Yeah. Just being, like, he's very real. There are little kids like this, mm-hmm. you know, just like. There are grown adults like this. Little rotten kids who will, you know, wow. Or uh, there's a point where Sam, like, freaks out because, you know, they're playing. They're t- playing hockey, which is a very aggressive sport. Mm-hmm. So when they come to, like, you know, block him or something, like, Sam just cowers in fear. Yeah. And uh, Twister's like, the bad people are gone now. You can go back to being a lame-o. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Twister. <laughs> you suck. He's a bit of a antagonist. Antagonistic. But, yeah, again, he's like, oh, no, another person is coming. They're not going to want to be my friend anymore. He's already, like, f- budding up with with uh reggie on this computer stuff what's next maybe also we can use this as an opportunity to talk about the the city they live in okay because they they live up on the cul-de-sac like up you know kind of in the suburbs of ocean shores california Mm -hmm. Uh, but they ride down this big long stretch and they get down to the pier and the pier has everything as you know a pier should an extreme kid would like to do they got an amusement park up top Mm -hmm. uh they've got like a skate park down below in a big parking lot where they play hockey. It's right next to the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is very clear that Ocean Shores is based on both Venice Beach and Santa Monica Pier in Southern California. Yeah. I've never been to either of those places. Really? Yeah. Not Never? Nope. Not even Santa Monica? Nope. We haven't gone together? No. You don't take me anywhere, honey. We so- have been in COVID for seven years, but... <laughs> I'm like thinking... Okay. I had been to Venice Beach one time as a kid. Mm-hmm. One time. I don't think I've ever been back. It was one of my earliest memories, in fact. Mm-hmm. I remember going with my dad, my cousin, maybe a few cousins. And uh, I remember it was a real happening. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people. I remember being very crowded. Uh, and there was like street performers or something. Cool. And I remember my, my cousin got a balloon hat. <laughs> That's all I remember about Venice Beach. <laughs> Should we go back? Should we go together? It's like Venice, like you Venice Beach is where you see all like the, the you know, videos of like the, there's like a big skate park there. Uh, the Muscle Beach, I believe is there, you know, where all the bodybuilders hang out. I thought that was just a place in SpongeBob. No, no, there's a legit Muscle <laughs> Beach. I think of Venice. Uh, Venice or Santa Monica? Venice. Okay. And, and I think like Venice is like the most Southern California place ever. Like the most stereotypical Venice Beach. I think that's the beach they go to in The Son-in-Law when we talked about that movie. Okay. Wait, have I been to Venice? Where did we go where we saw that seal and we were like, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. That was that's, that that was San Diego. Then never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was San Diego. Um, and then uh, Santa Monica Pier, which is another very popular tourist place in, in California. Mm-hmm. I've been there, I think the first time uh, I was in high school between junior and senior year. I did this medical internship in los angeles Mm -hmm. and they took us to santa monica as like a fun day at the end of the internship (laughs) uh so that was like the first time i had ever been there Mm -hmm. so when i see this pier and there's like a roller coaster on it an arcade up top Mm -hmm. i was like that's the pier for rocket power huh because it's very similar like the pier in rocket power is just the pier from santa monica okay cool i suppose i'm surprised you've never been there i feel like i've been there since I've not. Maybe you went with, maybe you went with a group of friends when I wasn't in your friend group. Yeah, I, I definitely did it like a few times, but I, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. I went there one. I went there once when we went to E3 a few years ago. So that I know you weren't there that year. No, I've never been to E3 with you though. True. Um, I. Yeah, no, I don't. 
I don't get out and I don't, here's the thing. I don't love beaches, so I don't really like go to beaches. I like Laguna because I like the stuff around Laguna, not necessarily the beach. Um, but it sounds like I might enjoy the stuff around Venice and um, Chanticleer. <laughs> Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Uh, take me on a date. Can you please date your wife? Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'm thinking back like when I was a kid, like the two beaches that we went to the most were Newport and Huntington Beach. Yeah. Like, which are other beaches in California. Like, we're getting real deep into freaking Southern <laughs> California lore here, but yeah. Not lore, geography. Geography? Cor geography? Corona Del Mar, anyone? Mm -mm. <laughs> I went there, we went there to the beach once and uh, that beach is very rocky. So when you try to like body surf or boogie board in Corona Del Mar, you just get cut you up real bad. Death. Yeah, because <laughs> it's really rocky. Huh. I've never been to Can Catalina. Have you been to Catalina? Is Catalina a beach? It's an, it's island. an island. But no, an island not. is nope. basically just a beach. I've never been to Catalina Island. An island's just a small continent. Okay. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> sure. All right. So um, that that's we've kind of covered the first two acts of this first segment of Rocket Power. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam gets introduced. You learn that he's kind of really bad at sports and it threatens his new friendship. Uh, but then he comes through and he proves himself in various ways. Uh, the first way is he shows Reggie, like, the concept zine that he made with his computer. Reggie? Hi, Sam. Can I talk to you for a minute? You sure can't play hockey for a minute. Sure. Shut up. What do you think? Oh, wow. How did you... Did you scan? I can't believe it. Otto, you gotta check this out. Did you see that, Twister? Beginner's luck. I don't know. Hey, Rich, give Semi there a mask. We're busy. Come on! We got ourselves a goalie here! So what happened? Um, a stray ball was Puck. hit outfield in the direction of a Reggie head, and Sam stopped it with his ungloved hand. Like, Sam just, like, nonchalantly swats a puck out of the air like a freaking ninja. He should have at least a single broken phalange from that. Yeah, no, but he just... Whoosh, <laughs> just knocks it out of the park and just goes back to talking about the zine that he's made. Yeah. And it shows that Sam has potential, not as a hockey player that needs to be mobile, but as a goalie. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's thick. Yeah. Thick boy. He's, he's a, muscular. He's yeah. got a low center of gravity. Yeah, he's, he's, he covers a lot of area with his hands. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and also in that clip, you learn that he, you know, he shows off his computer skills. He shows off the zine and it like looks legit. It has like auto on the front and he's like, you know, doing a pose. He's doing a, a radical 360, a, a proper phalan. Well, I don't know. I don't know the words. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, and then so they, they pat him up and they give him a test on whether or not he's going to be a good goalie and he knocks it out of the park. Wow, Sam, you rock. That's not a goalie. That's an impenetrable force of Kansas nature. I can't believe it. I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. Way to be Sammy. Psych! Now we have a team for the quad games. Twist, your brother better watch out. Whatever. Yeah, he proves that he has something to offer this new friend group. 
<laughs> which I guess is what you should as a child. Yeah, you got to offer a friend group something. At the very least, like I feel like Sam and Reggie are shown to be very well-rounded people. Yeah. It's like they like sports, but also they like technology. And like well, yeah. just, they have various interests. Mm-hmm. And Sam is smart. Uh, but also it's like, yo, he, he can he can hang with the guys. Like they find a role for him and he fits right in. Yeah. And I think that's good. It is good. And, and that's that episode. Well, no, and then at the very end, he proves himself once more because what happens is um, they they play like a pickup game with um, Twister's, Twister's brother brothers Lars. and his friends. Yeah, Twister's brother, his name is Lars, and I love Lars. Like, he's such a big goof. I think Lars is an excellent name like for he, a child. I keep going back to these friends I had that lived behind me, but like Chris and his brother Matt, like that's who Twister and Lars <laughs> remind me of, you know, because like they're like... They were huge into all this skateboarding, skating stuff. Um, but they were also like mischief makers, Ooh. troublemakers. Mm. So like they they were constantly getting in trouble. And like, you know, uh, Chris was in my class. So he was like, you know, the class clown type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like they would just like pull pranks on people <laughs> like ding dong ditch. And, oh, gosh. Uh, sneak into the <laughs> sneak into the ice cream man's truck while he was selling ice cream and steal from him. No, 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 yep, no. Not OK. I'm pretty sure that, that that ice cream man very often would complain to his mom. Mm. Like, hey, I don't want to sell ice cream on the street anymore because you're a kid. Yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's, that is Twister, his brother Lars, <laughs> and his brother's Lars's friends. Right? Because Lars and Lars's friends are like... The, a little bit older. Yeah, they're the older kids. They're even older than Reggie, I think. They're probably middle school then. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're, they're the ones who caused the mischief in the town. Right? Yeah. They're constantly getting in trouble. There's a whole episode called Mischief Night, and it's I think it's the night after Halloween where you go and break pumpkins and you know teepee houses. Who's you? Kids, it's a tradition. Where? I don't know. I'd never I had never heard of Mischief Night before Rocket Power, but apparently like there are mischief nights that exist in the country. I would whoop my kids. <laughs> I would whoop them just after Halloween. They'd just be whooped. Like we haven't even done anything yet. Yes, and you are too whooped. To be doing anything, you stay in the house. You didn't have you. You didn't have friends or no. New, I new didn't. Pe- new people. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know people who were TPing houses in the neighborhood. Absolutely not. I'm not you with your harassment I, friend group. I never TP'd a house ever in my life, mm. but I did have friends who did. Yeah, you know, they would. They would go and yeah. There yeah. was one time where me and my friend Michael walked his his side of the neighborhood, and we threw rocks at windows. I the more I learn about you and pine cones, we we didn't break anything. Mm. As far as I know, we didn't break any windows. Yeah, or anything. but yeah, it. we were throwing rocks. At, and he threw a rock at someone who was closing their door, and it went inside the house, and we ran. Oh my gosh! I would I. <laughs> why is this fun? It was. I, it, what did I do for? I read books. I pretended I was a witch that could change the weather. I was here for good, not throwing rocks at people. Anyway, going back to Rocket Power, they're playing a pickup game of street hockey with Lars and his friends, and Twister shoots the puck into the Stimpleton's mailbox, like mm-hmm. the the model house that he built. Right. Uh, that and, and it gets stuck in the mailbox because it's electronic, and uh, Lars is like, "Yo, we won." <laughs> Twister left the puck. You forfeit the game. <laughs> what? Get out of here. I'll just get another puck. Sorry, Otto, but according to the international rules of street hockey, you lose the puck, you lose the game. 
Are you kidding me? I can see why you're upset. But rules are rules. I can't believe this. Wait a second. I have an idea. Great. Captain Kansas is running away. <laughs> like, we just got sand trap rules? Like, is this golf or something? Might as well be. <laughs> I freaking the voice actor for Lars is so funny. The yeah. way he reads all those lines. I can see why you're upset. <laughs> he, he's definitely like that's very real older sibling energy. <laughs> I don't even have that voice actor's name listed here in my notes, but yeah. Whoever you are, you're doing a great job. Did did a good, good, good job. Very good. Good job. job. Lars voice. And so what happened was Sam says, No, I can fix this because I'm I'm the I'm going to show that I am useful to this group. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll get to holes. Sam Continue. the Onion Man. <laughs> you no, know, he's Sam the Goalie Man. Uh, anyway, so he comes out and pulls out like a, you know, like this homemade like remote control that he's got, you know, like a radio thing. Mm -hmm. And he's able to manipulate the mailbox uh, using this remote control to release the puck from the mailbox. Yep. And he saves the day for he, everyone. He saves the game. Saves the game. He proves that he is a worthy member of the crew. And then he gets a name. No, wait. There must be a rule. Forget it, Lars. Game on. Sammy, you're the best. Think we got ourselves a new squid. What? Oh, yeah. Now Santa Squid! Hey, Squid! Get back in the goal! We got a game to win! Squid? Is that like Dink? No. Cool! Yeah. Bro, you're gonna wish you were a Dink one day. <laughs> Double income, no kids. Yeah! But legit, uh, I, I think that's pretty iconic. You know, all the new kids in the town, they're called Squids. And so Sam is the squid. He'll be the squid for the whole ser series. I don't know why they're called squids. I don't either. But it, it seems very, like, specific to this show. Yeah. And, it, like, it makes this world feel lived in. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we have these traditions. So Idiosyncrasies that are, like, Yeah, it's here. like, who knows where they got this idea from? Mm -hmm. Like, did did, La did it come from Lars and his friends? Or, you know, who, who thought of this squid his thing? His dad was the squid. Like, Mr. Rocket was the squid at some point. Yeah, yeah. So, but who knows? But I, I like it. I think I think it adds a little flavor to the show. Yeah. They have their own, like, words for things. Like, where did Shuby come from? Is that from somewhere? I don't know. But, like, it makes sense. They call people who wear shoes on the beach Shubies. Mm -hmm. they, they've got a squid. Yeah. Anyway, let us move on to the next segment, which is called Down the Drain. Those who are stoked say, yeah! Yeah! Pool party, yeah! Uh, 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 exactly why I have extreme reservations about leaving these hooligans in charge of my <laughs> hooligans. Reggie here will do a wonderful job. You're just like family. <laughs> I found this half episode less interesting. It, it's the the weaker half for yeah. sure. Uh, but I think it, it's good to have a an episode that just shows the status quo moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the show about? It's about the four kids having misadventures, mm -hmm. you know, usually involving some kind of sporty event that they're mm -hmm. into. In this episode, it's a pool. It's a pool. So, yep, um, the Stimpletons are leaving Reggie in charge of th their pool while they're gone. Yeah. Uh, be it, which is very real. 
Um, I think in about probably about maybe the year after this show debuted, my parents got a pool for us. Like we, we got a pool in the backyard, right? Mm-hmm. And you learn just how much maintenance a pool needs. You know, everything <laughs> from you need to keep that thing chlorinated. You got to yeah. sweep that thing. Gotta, you got to screen that thing. Got to deal with the the uh, pump. The pump. Pump it up. Yeah, you got to pump up the jams. <laughs> um, makes sense. So when Mr. Stimpleton is like freaking out about kids in charge of his very high tech pool technology. Uh, I commiserate. Rings true. Yeah. We never had a pool. Well, we had one of those like blow up pools. I had a like, little kiddie pool. At one yeah, point. kiddie pool, kiddie pool. No, yeah, we, we had a legit, we still have that legit pool. My, yeah, my parents do. do. That's true. Uh, I stopped swimming in that thing like, you know, 15 years ago. Mm. But <laughs> Swimming is such good exercise. Anyway, <laughs> I would not leave uh, these, what, like they're in the sixth grade, maybe? I think Reggie's, Reggie's in, in the, the sixth, sixth grade. grade. Yeah. No, you would not be watching my pool, Reggie. Like you a lot. Where's your dad? My dad has left like grown adult family members in charge of our like house and pool while they were away. Like, hey, yeah, you can stay at the place. Uh, just take care of the pool while we're gone. And they do not. They blew up the pump. Like blew it up. Like, there's a big old hole. There was a big old hole in it. Like they didn't turn it off properly and the pressure built up inside of it and it just exploded out of the top. Oh, wow. So yeah, like grown adults have problem with this stuff. Yeah. A sixth grader probably is even worse. Probably, probably, probably not. The may, maybe, mm, maybe Herb has something. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't. Uh, but we learned he's got like this epic high tech uh, computer CPU in his backyard. No, pay attention. The pool's controlled by this customized central processing unit, or CPU. It also controls the house lights, the stereo, the air conditioner, or AC. Whoa, it's an ultra terabyte with two megamil parallel processors. Oh, whiz kid. Oh, Merv, you have to be in Mount Shasta by noon, or we'll be late for your first anger management class. Keep your shirt on, woman. If Reggie's going to watch our house for two weeks, she has to prepare. You're going to anger management for two weeks? Guess so. That's rehab. <laughs> like, you listen to him. <laughs> that's not an anger management course. That's rehab, sir. I, I'm like, there are several things wrong with what Merv just said. The, <laughs> the whole situation. Um, why would you have a an unlocked computer in your backyard that not only controls your pool's pump it controls your house lights the air conditioner uh air, the sound system. why would you do that you have like, to go outside to turn your ac on this is california freaking people can like jump your fence and mess with your electricity while you're in there you know or while you're away but how will people know i have cool stuff if i don't flaunt it yeah <laughs> mr simpleton is an idiot mr simpleton simpleton yes <laughs> Um, and then they got to get to Mount Shasta from Southern California before noon. It's ridiculous. Where is Mount Shasta? Mount Shasta is like Northern California, like just south of the Oregon border, I believe. It's a real mountain? Yeah. I thought it was a soda. No, no. I've I've, I've been there. Why do you go everywhere? I so, want to go. Some, take me go see some sequoias. So my parents, my whole family, uh, we went on a road trip from our house to Washington State. When I was in fourth grade, uh, and we drove by Mount Shasta. That's how I learned it was a real place. When are you taking me to see some great big trees? Uh, I will go with my friends if you don't take me. We'll see. 
But yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> they're not going to make it if they got to get there by noon. They might. Maybe they're time lords. Maybe they have control over things like that. As long as they don't turn back for any reason to restart the whole thing. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, so they take off and uh, the, the kids are excited because they're going to go swimming. Yeah. Dudes are all private pool. You know it, bro. Last one in skates with training wheels. No offense. <laughs> hey, were you losers in a coma just now? Remember to bathe thoroughly beforehand. Reggie! Two things. One, that psych is accompanied by a splash screen that shows the word psych <laughs> in like funky psychedelic lettering. True. Uh, very late 90s skate video aesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks ridiculous now. <laughs> I don't even remember if that st like that stayed with the show. Like if that was just a first season thing. I could not tell. I you. can't remember. But if it's if it's in the entire show, it would be very distracting to have like whenever they say psych or yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like just to have the words splash up on the screen. It They're looks, helping children reading comprehension. Looks real silly, um, and <laughs> very of its time. Um, and then two. After she yells psych, she does a like a backflip, like corkscrew dive into the pool. It is v drawn and animated very well. Yeah. Like I will say there's some really good animation in this show. Yeah. Um, the motion's very nice. A lot better than it deserves. Um, I th I'm just saying like knowing Nickelodeon, like it's it's weird that they allowed this much money to go into the animation. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, because a good animation takes money and time. That's fair, but I guess it was extreme sports, so having choppy animation on like movement of of stuff would have not been. Yeah, like, exactly. You shouldn't have made the show at all. So if you're gonna invest in a show that involves like cool skate tricks, you need to animate the cool skate tricks, yeah. and they do. Like I, I feel like for the most part, like it, it is very satisfying to see the kids do cool, like skate stuff and, mm -hmm. and like tricks. Like they, they have the skate park down by the pier. Like they have a giant half pipe, you know, and they, they do trips off like, and then they have like, you know, like a street course or whatever with like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just emptied out pools, I guess. <laughs> you know, they're just doing it. It's cool. It's good. It's cool. It's good. Anyway, so they all go swimming. Mm -hmm. And uh, Otto and, and Twister, they're, they're, they're having a good time. They're teasing the squid. They tease the squid because a, a few things. Sam doesn't like he like the water's cold yeah you know he needs to adjust i can relate to that <laughs> it's like it's, it's, even in the summertime if you got a pool in the backyard like the first 10 minutes you're just going to be really cold yeah this is the way it is you either you either have to like kind of tiptoe into the pool like mm -hmm. you know you dip your feet in get used to it you, you, you just slowly acclimate yeah you just go in like one step at a time you know or you just jump in yep you just you just go for it right it. shock to the system and you're good to go that's what it was like back then so I relate. But also Sam, like, this is another reason why I think he's a little bit out of shape. Like, he wants to keep his shirt on mm -hmm. when they swim. Like, Otto and, and Twister, they, you know, they're swimming with their shirt off in their trunks. But Sam is wearing the full t-shirt. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I don't know, that's just what sometimes what heavier kids do, you know? Maybe he just doesn't want to show his his body there's a girl there. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got nipples he has to hide. <laughs> Otto, why is the water next to this good so warm? Sammy, you freak! 
You didn't! What? I, I just jumped in! And <laughs> now I know why Stimbleton called you the whiz kid. <laughs> Knock it off! I didn't do anything! <laughs> you were great, you guys. Whoever denied it, supplied it. You know, if I wanted to, I could flush all the water in this stupid pool down the drain right now. Go ahead. I dare you. Keep making fun of me. He threatens it, but they want it. <laughs> they do. So they keep teasing him. No. <laughs> what, what, is, what, is, what happens? Um, They drain the water and uh, they put the water hose at the end in a drain. And everything works out perfectly. That's the plan. Yes. So like they're like, oh, Sam, you should do that. Because that way we can like freaking skateboard in the empty pool and, you know, film it. It'll be yeah. cool. For the next episode of my zine. Which is a horrible idea because... Like they're like they do that. Mm -hmm. They empty the pool. They put a hose in the in the pool, and they drain all the water out. And like they're like freaking grinding on the plaster. I was yeah. like, I'm like, you're gonna destroy that pool. <laughs> like I, I know I I we had a pool. I know what it's like to have to like sweep that thing and like get the you know just like I know how what you know the materials used to make the pool are like right. That plaster is very delicate, you know, and if it dries out and you're skateboarding on it, you're just going to crack it. Yeah. Crack the, you know, the, the concrete stuff. It's, it's going to be a huge mess. <laughs> and Stimpleton will know <laughs> that you're doing it. Anyway, they do it anyway. Yeah. And Twister. Does not secure the hose. He's in charge of putting the hole down the, putting the hose down the drain mm -hmm. so that the water goes down the drain. But uh, he doesn't do that. No. He lazily sets it next to the drain. And when the water starts rushing out, the hose whip whips like a snake and ends up in their basement. Whoa, Ray Mudo's gonna totally freak on you, Reg. Me? You put the hose there, you little dork. You turned our basement into an aquarium. Stop yelling at me. It's the squid's fault. Me? I didn't know. I was just, I don't care whose fault. Ah! You guys better figure a way to drain this place before Dad gets <sighs> And that's the rest of the episode is they got to get the water back out of the basement and back into the pool before Raimundo, their dad, finds out. Yes. It's a kid, kid in cahoot. Kids in kid, cahoots. It's a kids in cahoots with a basement. There are no basements in California. I, I, I was very off put by that because I was like, wait a minute. I, I I knew the Rockets had a basement, but I was like, I have never in my life seen a basement in California. So yeah, California. unless it's like a school, right? Like like UCR has like basement levels of it of the classroom buildings. And yeah, yeah. But I've never seen a house with a legitimate basement because in we California. have earthquakes. Yeah. So I'm you like, don't want to be underground when the earth is quaking. I Googled it. It's very rare, <laughs> but I guess maybe there are basements somewhere. I had the same situation. I was playing The Last of Us 2, the video game. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene late in the game where you're in California and one of the characters, two of the characters, they're exploring a house and they go into its basement. And I was like, where are there basements in Santa Barbara? Like, what yeah. the heck is going on here? I, I will assume, like, if there are some houses with basements, it's because... Um, their holdovers from like when people moved out west and we have basements in other places. We just build houses yeah. like they're supposed May to. Like, maybe. No. It, it's rare, 
and it's off-putting. Yeah. Me. Anyway, they got a basement. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. They've you know, got right? a. They've got a. An aquarium. Raymundo, he's a forward thinker. He got himself a basement. <laughs> um, who is Raymundo, by the way? Papa Power. He's R- Reggie and Otto's dad. Uh, describe him. He's a very large man. He's tall. He doesn't wear a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he hit, So uh, Raymundo Rocket, Ray Rocket, he, he runs a... Diner? Restaurant on the pier mm-hmm. in Ocean Shores. I think it's called the Surf Shack or something. Uh, you know, it's just just hamburgers, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, and he runs the place with his best friend, Tito. Tito. Here's a short clip introducing, intru- introducing them. Tito, I'm going to spend the day with the kids. Think you can handle the rush on your own? Been trading all my life for this, brother. Uh, we're not going to hear too much about Tito in this episode. No, just that was it. That was all you heard. Yeah. But Tito's a really cool character. I feel like there's a lot of episodes revolving around Tito. Like the kids are constantly going to him for advice. And he uh, tells he tells his famous uh, Hawaiian. Islander wisdom. Yeah. Old Hawaiian proverbs and stuff. You know, I, I will give this that to them. I have feelings about it. But I was like, this show does try very hard to be ethnically inclusive. They, and, they cast a real Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's I'll give you a pass. Like they did a really good job. And, and I, I just like I feel like they humanized Tito. Like mm-hmm. he's not just like you know the token Hawaiian friend. Like no, he's yeah. like a legitimate character. Yeah, with flaws and, and character arcs and, and family. Stuff like yeah, he has a very large family. Yeah, you meet them in episodes. Ah, so yep, Raymundo. He decides that he's gonna spend the day with the kids. He knows that Reggie is taking care of Stimpleton's pool, and he wants to have a pool party with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he wants to have a, a pool, you know, rocket. He didn't want to spend time with his kids. He wanted to spend time with the pool. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Uh, but, of course, it's a kids in cahoots moment. So Reggie has to kind of stall him while uh, the the boys try to get the water back in the pool. Yeah. Sounds like Otto and the guys are really having fun. Reminds me of my old pool hopping days. I've never heard about your pool hopping days. Yeah, me, Tito, and Johnny Lou hopped the fence at the Beverly Hills Hotel and crashed the swanky pool party. Did a swan dive off the three-meter board and let it smack on television's favorite maid. <laughs> and for life. Never did let me back in that hotel. Uh, you sure were radical, Pop. Were? You ain't seen nothing yet. I like Raymundo. He's... He's, this, he's. This isn't the only time... Where they like he goes into his you know his old stories you know mm-hmm. they kind of do like a sepia tone flashback where they show him and Tito as young men yeah you know, and they're always causing mischief young men it's it's to show that like Otto and Twister and you know Reggie like they get their like wild hearts from Raymundo they come know? for it it's like Raymundo like he you know he he tra- he's trying to be a responsible single father you know he's trying to run a business but he's also you know kind of a, a free spirit yeah kind of. He, he, they let him be irresponsible. Yeah. They let him. I mean, yeah. As long as he doesn't do anything terribly irresponsible, it's fine. And sometimes he does. Some, and I think they, the show is allowed to, like, show him be irresponsible to, like, teach the kids a lesson. It teach him a lesson. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's a good character. Yeah. He's very affable. Yeah, sure. I didn't watch the show, so I'm going to just agree with you. I mean, from this episode, he seems like a pretty oh, yeah. fun He's, guy. Yeah, he seems very affable and like that joke dad. Jokey dad. Jokey not, dad, for yeah. sure. Reminds me of my dad. He's a jokey dad. Your dad is a jokey dad. <laughs> um, but they, they're they're able to 
basically pull everything off. Yeah. Almost without a hitch. They cahooted very well. They get that water back in the pool. They get it out of the, the basement, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they take off. <laughs> Hi, Pop. Hi, Pop. Later, Raymundo. Nice seeing you again, sir. Hey, what about a family swim? Uh, retake, Pop. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Hey, that's my Indian nutcracker. My, my coconut bikini top? Sir, all this stalling is making me angry. I didn't quadruple check the system backup. Rocket! Neighbors, Reggie! That's the end of the episode. Yeah, where you know, unlike other kids shows at the time, there isn't a lesson for the kids to learn. Yeah, like they didn't like learn their lesson or anything. They just were irresponsible and then left, and they just got the heck out of there, much like children would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, this isn't like a teach your kids something kind of show. It's just a show kids being kids kind of show yeah fun yep and like they they are able to hose the water out of the basement into the pool but also they bring all of raymundo's stuff with it yeah <laughs> they throw if the baby out. if it fits out. in the hole it goes they threw the baby out with the bathwater. yes is what you're gonna say? <laughs> yes so yeah all of raymundo's like weird kitschy collectibles are now in stimpleton's pool as stimpleton is returning back to, to check again yeah just like imagine like you 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 leave for 20 minutes and then you come back and your neighbor is in your pool with all of his stuff. Mm-mm. They were going to be gone for two weeks. You should have just gone tomorrow. Yeah. Bad neighbor. What if it had just been a normal pool day? You know, probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. Know? Stimpleton's not the very, you know, not the, not the most. Uh, Forgiving? He's for- going to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying he's not the most personable person, you know, so. I would imagine talking to him would be unpleasant, but you're not going to make him super angry, but just by having a normal pool day. As long as you completely thoroughly washed before you got in the pool. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that's Rocket Power. That's the first episode. Yeah. Did, did would you, you like recommend? it? <laughs> you no. Did, no, you didn't like it? It was fine. It wasn't offensive like um, some of the other kid shows we were. There, not At any point, I wasn't like... This girl deserves to be eaten by lions. So it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a totally serviceable show. Yeah. Would, would I recommend it? No. No. It is aggressively of its time. Yeah. Uh, if it, No no kid would, in, I feel like, would enjoy this show. Like, they, they would, I don't know. I can't speak for kids, but I would think that they'd watch this and feel like it's dated. Yeah. The show is so late 90s that it's dated now. Mm-hmm. Fun, it, like, it, it's kind of funny. Like, it's silly to go back and see what, what the late 90s was all about, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's not something I would recommend you revisit. No. Other than for nostalgia's sake. For nostalgia. This isn't a, like, I'm going to start a new show, right? Like, oh, I missed this when I was a kid. You're not going to enjoy it if you didn't watch it as a kid and enjoy it. Yep. It's for, uh, it's on, it's on Paramount Plus, though, like all of Nicktoons are. So yeah. if you're interested in that, you could do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, not a recommend, but yeah. it is a it's it's a fine show. There's yeah. nothing wrong with There's it nothing, other other yeah. than its general tone. Yeah, it's not it's entertainment, but I don't, it's not necessarily entertaining. I agree. Yeah. But what did the world think? K Mundo. Okay Mundo. <laughs>
Rocket Power scored good ratings over the course of its run, helping Nickelodeon maintain its cable dominance into the new millennium. At some points, it was Nick's first or second top-rated show. While its characters and settings still resonate with fans to this day, Rocket Power is primarily remembered today as a weaker Nicktoon that feels like a product of its time. <laughs> well. Yep, I already said that. The Freaking Awesome Network said, for example, quote, Rocket Power was the product of its time. It didn't really encompass the attitude of the late 90s. It tried, but catering to kids really takes the sting out of it. Hmm. But to even things out, Screen Rant said, quote, The banter between the four, while not always best written, is still fun to watch with a great cast of sporting characters. So, Yeah, I can get that. The, the voice acting was really solid. Yeah. The show was nominated for an Annie Award, two Young Artist Awards, two RTOs Awards from the Casting Society of America, and a Humanitas Award. The show also reportedly received an Image Award from the Association for the Severely Handicapped for the episode Radical New Equipment. So that was an episode where they go snowboarding and they encounter a snowboarding kid who has a prosthetic leg. Oh, and it's all about cool. like not treating someone as if they need special treatment just because they have some kind of disability, you know. That's interesting. So it's like this girl, she's got a prosthetic leg, but she's still like the best snowboarder out there. Mm. You know, she doesn't need any special treatment. So it's kind of a cool little twist on things. Yeah. I, th I, I like Klasky Chupo because they're always doing that. You know, they're always trying to present new perspectives with all kinds of different kinds of people, right? Like they presented in Rugrats, they showed like Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all those things. You know, yeah. here, in, here in Rocket Power, they're showing, you know, different walks of life. Yeah. So that's cool. Good job. Klasky Chupo. And where did Rocket Power go from here? Rocket Power ran for four seasons of 71 episodes. Uh, do you recall any episodes that stuck out to you from your experiences with it? Literally, no. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. And no, I feel like there's flashes of stuff. I remember seeing them on a pier. Ramundo with long hair. Tito talking, but nothing actual. <laughs> Probably the most like memorable episode of the series is when they met Tony Hawk. Oh, dear. So there's an episode where like Tony Hawk opens like a store warehouse in town and they like hear rumors about it. It's like Tony Hawk's in town. So they go to his his warehouse to try and meet him and they go in through the back door and it's like this challenge. It's like three challenges they have to overcome to meet Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, and once they reach the end of the challenge, they realize that they came in through the back door. They could have just walked in through the front door to meet him. Oh, wow. But it was a really cool episode because it was sort of like. Tony Hawk's like hosting this underground challenge in his warehouse and you need to, you know, be the best sports kids that you can to meet him. Or you can just go through the front door. It felt like a freaking, <laughs> felt like a escape room, sort of, or, or like a kid's challenge TV show, like a game show, hmm. like a double dare or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guts. Temp Temple of the Lost. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then I'm like, there, there were a bunch of episodes. Like there was an episode where, uh, they incorporated the Razor Scooter. <laughs> uh, they were trying to like win some kind of like magazine contest or a radio show contest or something. And mm -hmm. they had to come up with a unique sport that would impress the judges of this contest. Mm -hmm. And they won by doing tricks with the Razor Scooter. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's good stuff to remember. I believe you. Not stuff I would go and revisit. No. The show spawned three TV specials. You got Race Across New Zealand in 2002, which also spawned a soundtrack album. And I remember that one. That was a cool one. So 
the whole gang goes to New Zealand to compete in like a X Games style, like Olympic style thing, right? And they're doing all these like out there extreme sports. Mm-hmm. Like they do with like that mountain boarding thing where you have like a skateboard, but it has really thick wheels. And it's like you're rolling down like gravel and dirt, but you have like it's sort of like a skateboard. Mm-hmm. You ever seen something like that? No. Or they they also go in those giant balls, the inflatable balls. That oh you yeah, roll yeah, around yeah. In. Those sound fun. Yeah. And Z- Zoobs is that what they're called? Like Zoobas or something? <laughs> I don't remember what they're called. I have no idea. Zumbas. Zubics. <laughs> something something like that. But yeah, so that, I remember that. that. That was a fun little. It was like I think it was like three episodes in one, but they call it a TV special. Oh, okay, okay. But that was fun. Uh, they also released Reggie's Big Beach Break, which I think they had a large beach party, oh. like a uh, block party mm-hmm. on the pier. Cool. Uh, they that they spawned the hot burger. I remember oh. that. Tito runs out of like food at the at the uh, the, the the restaurant that he works mm-hmm. at, so he has to like fuse a hamburger and a hot dog, and he calls it the hot burger, and it becomes the the big hot trend. Don't like it. Sounds terrible. And the last TV special was Island of the Menahuni, where they go to Hawaii. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was, uh, I think, Raimundo meets uh, a new lady in his life. Ooh. Yeah. Maximum Rocket Power Live, The Battle for Madtown Park, a live-action extreme sports dramatic arena play briefly toured in the Midwest in spring 2002 before being canceled over low-ticket sales. A play? Yeah. Or like mm. a like a live show. There is no footage of this thing that I could find on the internet, but it existed. I want it. <laughs> I feel like, why would you open it in the Midwest of all places? That's open it in freaking the Universal Studios. That's true. I was like, they, kids would have ate that up down here. Yeah. I was like, the wrong demographic, bro. Very, very true. There have been several Rocket Power video games over the years, including Rocket Power Team Rocket Rescue, Rocket Power Get in Air. I'm sorry, they rescued Team Rocket? Team Rockets are the heels. Rocket Power Dream Scheme, Rocket Power Zero Gravity Zone, Rocket Power Extreme Arcade Games, and Rocket Power Beach Bandits, which I have I, I have played <laughs> to completion. Okay, was it good? Eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's a tie-in video game based on a cartoon. It is an action-adventure style game uh, where the rocket... So it's fine. <laughs> it's, it was a lot better than it should have been. Let me put it that way. <laughs> like, it wasn't that bad. Like I, I think you 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 shoot hockey pucks at a robot at some point. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Cool. It's like the Rocky kids are trying to stop an evil land developer from like destroying the skate park or something uh, dumb like that, okay. or like destroying the beach or something. Mm. It was like, would I ever recommend this video game? No, <laughs> but it was better than it should have been. <laughs> and the Rocket Power characters have appeared in various Nicktoon team up games like Nicktoons Baseball and Nickelodeon Party Blast. Okay. Cool. Cool. Lastly, Rocket Power spawned many, many licensed products, including toys, clothes, book bags, skateboards, alarm clocks, and Burger King toys. Burger King? I, I like, there's like legit like a commercial that just shows like all of the Rocket Power stuff you can buy. Mm-hmm. It's like Rocket Power, skateboards, gear, <laughs> video games. You think we can get a shark helmet for us? Oh, that that's a that's a product that they if they didn't sell, they left money on the table. <laughs> Get a Sam like replica yeah. shark helmet. That's legit. <laughs> that's legit. And that's rocket power. But 
that's also our last Klasky Chupo joint. Oh no! <laughs> yep. So our Klusko. We've we've covered Klasky Chupo from like their start at Nickelodeon up to now, so it is fitting that we say, "Where did Klasky Chupo go from here?" Well, since Rocket Power, Klasky Chupo has produced four more series for Nickelodeon. You got As Told by Ginger in 2000. Excellent. Excellent. Great, great show. I'm really sad that we're not going to be talking about As Told by Ginger on this show. All Grown Up in 2001. Rugrats Preschool Days in 2005. And the Rugrats Revival Series in 2021. So it's like for Nickelodeon, the only thing besides As Told by Ginger that they've done since is all Rugrats stuff. Yeah. As Told by Ginger was like the best thing. It's a great show. It's a great show. I agree. Going to just rewatch it all by myself. In addition to films based on their Nicktoons creation, Klasky Chupo also produced the 2008 Hungarian animated film Immigrants, which was directed by Gabor Chupo himself. And Chupo also directed the 2007 live-action film Bridge to Terabithia. Oh. Yeah, I was surprised he'd learn that. That's really interesting. Yep. Didn't like the movie, but that's really interesting. In 2016, Arlene Klasky created two web series through Klasky Chupo. Got Robo Splat and Deer Splat. <laughs> I don't know what those are. Me neither. And the company has continued to provide animation for commercials and television series like The Osbournes, Punked, The Simple Life, and Nip Tuck. Wow. Yeah, just to name a few. They have very many uh, credits to their name, but that's kind of what they do now. They do commercial animation. Okay. Like reality show animation, I guess. Yeah. So that is the end of our journey with Klasky Chupo. Thank you for your service. Thank you. We appreciate the uh, hand you had in our childhoods. And that is the end of our first segment. So um, I was trying to think, what's a good song to end this segment with, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like thinking back, I was like, what what band or song do I most associate with like skateboard culture? Mm -hmm. And because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know, for like the PlayStation N64, the one song I most associate with skateboard culture is Superman by Goldfinger. So I almost went out with that. But then I learned that there is a song by Goldfinger on the Rocket Power soundtrack that was released. Oh, wow. That was released with their first TV special. So we're going to close out with 99 Red Balloons, a cover by Goldfinger. Wow. And we'll be back after the break with Justice Show of 1999. Let's go. The show will be right back. And now, introducing Nick's newest Nicktoons, brother, sister, team, Reggie, and Otto Rocket. Reggie! She's got smart sass and a mean set of skates. You go, Rocket Girl! He's got speed, stamina, and spunk. Who's with me? Roll with these supreme siblings and their friends, Twister and Sam, in the brand new Nicktoon where extreme friendship meets extreme action. Coming in three weeks to the best place to turn for new tunes. Look into the future, what do you 
You know, I feel like the music of your show is so out of place for the type <laughs> really of show is. it is. It really is. This is the theme song for that show for like the first two seasons or something, right? Yeah. At least the first season. It's so out there. You hear it, this song and it doesn't fit what the show is. Yeah. I even just was sitting here. I was like, that really, it's really melancholy. I don't, oh, it's weird. It, it, you would think it'd be a little bit more rocky. I, 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 this show needed some butt rock. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you. Uh, but that is the song, The Dream Must Stay Alive by who I assume is Rosalind J. Uh, that was the first uh, credit on the theme song. So I think that's who that is. Uh, but yeah, the, that's the theme song for Jess's show of 1999. What show's that? Debuting April 24th, 1999 on Channel 5, starring Beth Allen, Kayla Bross, Ashwath Sundarson, Victoria Spence, Dwayne Cameron, Amy Morrison, Antonia Preble, Ryan Runciman, Sarah Major, Zachary Best, Daniel James, Jamie <laughs> Kyrie Gataulu, Michael Wesley Smith, Created by Raymond Thompson and Harry Duffin. That is the tribe. Is that the longest cast list? That's a we've long ever cast read list. Read for this. Problem number one with this television show. <laughs> There's, There's so many too characters. many characters. Too many they're, cooks. They're introduced too quickly. We, we need a break here. You only got 22 minutes of this. <laughs> why are you really, why are you introducing so many characters? We all won't at once? meet them all in the first episode. We don't even meet, we meet them all. We meet half, at least half of those. We do, but we don't meet all of them. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Anyway, what is the tribe, and why did you watch it so much? The tribe is a show about COVID. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not, <laughs> but the situation is similar. Um, the tribe is a show about a virus that struck the whole world that kills anyone uh, who contracts it over the age of like 20, I think. Uh, so basically, it's a world full of children. And they're apocalyptic and they are just trying to make make the world make. They're just trying. And it's like in a very Lord of the Flies esque manner, uh, the children become tribal. They uh, territorial. Tri yes. Uh, they become like they rely on their basic instincts yep. rather than a society that has laws and rules and they, enforcement. Yep. They just start turning on each other. They start, you know, you have to either like join a tribe and like, you know, live within the hierarchy or mm -hmm. you got to exist on your own. And <laughs> you got to try your best to stay out of, you know, the crosshairs of the other tribes. Yeah. Yeah. This show, uh, I don't know why I watched, I watched it a lot because where, where did you watch this on TV? Which TV, the TV in my room, like a channel, what channel was it on? Who knows? We had satellite TV. It was in the hundreds. <laughs> so you were like watching it in reruns. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was watching reruns. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I like like kitschy things. I was like, this is different than anything else that is on TV currently. That's true. That's true. I'm going to just give it a go. And like of the time, you know, the kids, what they were doing made sense to me as a child. I was like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, love. Oh, danger. 
And it just, it was different. It was just different than what was all, what was on. And I found it interesting. So I had to like, look it up. Were you watching the Encore channel? I possibly, that that's, sounds like a corn. That's where it debuted it. The exclusive us broadcasting rights were on the Encore Wham channel. Yep. That sounds right. Wham. That sounds right. You, so you had like paid cable. Like you, oh, had, you had, yes. You, your parents, like my they, parents shield yeah. out for that mess. Yeah. They had the, the deluxe cable package. We, we were, got everything. We got stuff we probably weren't supposed to get. Well, I, I mean, we, when I was a kid, my dad pirated cable. So we got basic cable for free at the little black box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did not get the, we got, we got two pay-per-view channels and that was like the pay-per-view like service. Mm-hmm. So like whenever there was, you know, something up for pay-per-view, we could watch that, but we could not watch Encore, HBO. Oh yeah, I know we watch all that. Stars, got Stars Cinemax, um, nope. Nope. everything. We got BBC, got PBS, we got everything. Well, that explains why I never heard of the show. <laughs> because you told me, oh, have you heard of The Tribe? Right. Um, and I'm like, no, what is that? And then... I, you know, I Google it and I look at these pictures and I'm like, oh no, it looks like Mad. What do you mean? Oh no. It's, it has very Mad Max influence. You know, the kids are all dressed, you know, in like weird angular costume and they have crazy makeup. I've seen this described. The tribe is Mad Max mixed with Lord of the Flies. I could get behind that. With like teen drama peppered in. Total Trauma Island. <laughs> it's it, like, you know, your stereotypical like Dawson. Like, I would say put Lord of the Flies, Mad Max, and Dawson's Creek in oh, a blender. Oh, gosh. You get the tribe. Okay, you've only watched one episode. <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm just saying, like, the tone of the at least the first episode, what I've seen, reminds me of the W, like, mid-90s, late-90s, the WB, like, teen dramas. Seventh Heaven. I never watched seven. It has the tone. I okay. There's a it's, lot of mod- like breathy, like you know. Mm, there's just a lot of bad kid acting. There's some true. excellent kid. There's one excellent kid acting, and then the rest is bad. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think it's like I would say that it was Lord of the Flies, and. What was the other one that you said? Mad Max. Lord of the Flies, Mad Max, and Lost. The relationship stuff being that and the like moving between like groups and alliances. There's a little bit of Lost in there. Yeah. Pre, pre proto Lost. Yeah. Children. Flight 29 children Down. With children. Have you ever heard of Flight 29 Down? No. It's just Lost with kids. Oh, no. I watched I watched a good deal of Flight 29 Down. I've never heard of that. Because mm, Corbin Blue was in it and I, I had a thing for me some Corbin Blue. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, that's what this show is. I'd never heard of it, so this is this is all new to me. It's a good show, though. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, Listen, <laughs> I was I went into this effort fully prepared to be like, my show's rocket power. Jess is probably gonna win. <laughs> Within the first ten seconds of the show, I was like, oh no, it's so cheap. Uh, the, the production value of this show is like non-existent. It's. Such a good show. It's like, it's rich on creativity and imagination. It's, it's it very that. Poor on money. It's also that. And talent. Hey. Sorry. 
the, the kid ha- the acting's the horrible. It is. It gets better, but it's I, not in anything that you guys will see if you decide to find this episode in Tubi and first, watch it. The, the first episode is more of a speed bump than it is like a, a freeway <laughs> on ramp. You know, it's like people have to like. We'll get into the episode. I feel like people are gonna have trouble getting into the show. Mm-hmm. Like the first episode is probably going to be a detriment. Yeah. Anyway. We'll talk about the show in a second. Let's talk about how the show was made. All right. Uh, pretty much as much as I had for Rocket Power. To be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> 1997. British-born Canadian New Zealand screenwriter, composer, and producer Raymond Thompson. What? British, Canadian, New Zealand. British-born uh-huh. Canadian, New Zealand. That's his nationality. Okay. Okay. So maybe he has dual citizenship. I don't know. You would have to have... Triple citizenship. Maybe so. I don't know. Raymond Thompson, then best known as a screenwriter for the BBC drama series Howard's Way, was approached by Nick Wilson of Britain's Channel 5 to, quote, develop a soap for the millennium, targeting a child-adolescent market. Hmm. Good job. A soap for the new millennium. I love soap. Keeps me clean. (laughs) So, uh, have you ever heard of Howard's Way? No, I thought it was Howard the Duck. Yeah, it was, apparently it was an acclaimed show, so I'd never heard of it. I wasn't watching British TV, so I don't know. I wasn't watching old British TV. Don't know. Thompson, through his independent production company, Cloud9 Screen Entertainment Group, developed a concept to pitch to Channel 5 based on an idea that he had had in the 1980s about a world without adults run by tribes of children and teenagers. Yeah. Which is what this show That's is. That's what the show is. Yep. That's yep. the show. <laughs> it's like, what, what kind of society would children run? A bad one. A very, very bad one. <laughs> a, a, a world of ruin. <laughs> because children are wild animals. And there's just stuff that... It's really an interesting concept, though. Oh, absolutely. Here, I'll let you keep going. The, the best thing about the show is the idea of the premise. Like, yeah. I feel like it, it is extremely creative. Mm-hmm. Extremely imaginative. Yes. Uh, it, it's at the... Uh, my opinion is based solely on the first episode. Mm-hmm. It seems like the execution was where it was lacking. It gets better i will have to take your word for it kids it gets better i'm not telling you to watch it we'll get we'll get into it from november 1987 to july 1998 thompson alongside screenwriter harry duffin recruited a team of 10 writers to develop storylines completing the first four scripts in those eight months so wow yeah casting took place in 1998 most of the actors had already worked on productions that were filmed in new zealand because the tribe is filmed in new zealand Mm -hmm. Uh, it is it is a show filmed for British broadcast, but it was filmed in New Zealand with a lot of New Zealanders. Yep. Kiwis. Yep. Uh, those shows that those kids had worked on include Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, which, <laughs> like, when we put this show on and I'm watching The Tribe, I was like, this looks <laughs> like film-wise, like film quality-wise, it looks like Xena, Warrior yeah. Princess, because I remember catching glimpses of Xena Warrior Princess and like, was it PBS or WB? Something. I think I it might have been WB before Pokemon started. <laughs> <laughs> like they were airing like Xena Warrior mm-hmm. Princesses or you'd see promos for it. Those Xena and Hercules are incredibly cheap shows. Yeah. They look ugly because they are filmed on like cheap equipment. Yeah. Like cheap digital cameras. Like their soap operas filmed in the wilderness. You know? Yeah. It also reminds me of like there was a really bad like Mortal Kombat live action show in the 90s. It looks like that. <laughs> Stop hating. Or like Power Rangers. You're a hater. <laughs> I'm just saying the show like it makes total sense now. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's the same like group production companies making all of these shows mm. and they just look incredibly cheap. 
Man. New Zealand, a beautiful country. It is. Gorgeous. Yes. Never been. But like the the richness of New Zealand's like natural wonder does not match the the, the poorness. Yeah. The poverty. The, the poor quality of these entertainment shows. Yeah, the poverty present in these shows. Well, of course it was impoverished. The world had ended. Children were everywhere. Anyway, pre-production for the first series started in June 1998 and filming began August 1998 at Cloud9's production studios in Wellington, New Zealand. Principal photography was completed by March 1999. But that's that. That's it. Oh, wow. Yeah, first season was made in about a year. Nice. Yep, that's it. Cool. Good job, tribe. Good uh, job, uh, tribe. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. You, did you think we were done? Anyway, uh, so the first episode of the tribe is has a very boring title. It is called Series 1, Episode 1. <laughs> What's it, the second episode called? Series 1, Episode 2. Nice. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> it's just boring. You're boring. All right. So you you mentioned it. The show takes place after a, a, a viral outbreak of some kind mm-hmm. where all of the adults get the infection and die. Yeah. Leaving the children to fend for themselves. Yes. Authorities are appealing for calm throughout the evacuation process. All children under the age of 18 years should report to their local sector for transportation. You have to go. But what about you and Dad? Too late for us, Trudy. You have to accept that. Save yourself. For your mother's sake. Throwing a lot at you in the first five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like just, this is how the show literally starts. Yeah, this, after is, that cheesy this is the opening. moment after the opening. Like, yeah, you get like news, news broadcast saying uh, uh, vi- outbreak. Everyone's dead. No one, they don't even really explain it very well. Yeah. Like, they don't explain that the, like you, you meet Trudy and her parents. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that the parents are already sick. Yeah. They're just like told Trudy has to go away now because the news says so. And like they're, you know, in a very COVID outbreak kind of way. It's like (laughs) everyone stay indoors. Isolate yourselves. Yep. You know, so I was like, that was relatable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't relatable to people in 1999. No. But. But so I'm like confused and you just have to piece together what happened because immediately after, you know, meeting Trudy and her parents. It is like a flash forward to the present day, mm-hmm. and at the, least a year. The parents are dead. Trudy's all on her own. She's walking with a dude. She meets her. She's with her boyfriend. She's walking with a dude. No, no, no. It's in her house. Like they're in a house. Like she wakes up from a bad dream. Oh yeah, she the dream was the yeah. She yeah. remembers the day of the outbreak, and she's like, "I miss my parents." Yeah. And those characters, you meet Trudy and Bray, mm-hmm. which is her boyfriend. What is it? I had the dream again. Mom, Dad, they were there, here in the house, like it was yesterday. Priority will be given to those children exposed to adults already contaminated. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave them. But there was nothing I could do. <laughs> the acting is so bad. There was nothing anybody could do. Come on. We better go. The rooster's moving in. This, 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 these are the first two characters you meet. Mm-hmm. They're also the least important in this first episode, at least. Yes. They do nothing. Yeah, in the first episode, they're pretty you meet, important. They have like two scenes. Yep. And they, the, the plot, they mean nothing. But for some reason, the show 
you have to start with Trudy for some reason. They're important. Yeah, but make them important with the second episode then. Show us the scene later. No. Screenwriting 101. No. <laughs> Show don't tell. And she's telling me. You got to see. I was so scared. Oh, yeah. I'm very upset. <laughs> I miss them. I had to go away. Here's the thing. So, kids, we're just going to talk about this in, in out of order. Completely out of order. Not just, like, how the show happens, but, like, you know nothing about this show. Not not at all. Um, So, I'm just going to explain some things. Uh, Trudy is heavily pregnant. She is pregnant. Trudy is... Is it Bray's baby? Bray is not her boyfriend. Oh. Bray is just a dude that found her struggling and tr is trying to find a place for her to safely have the baby. I wish they had shown that scene. They never say it. Like, here's the thing. By episode three. So this is the thing, right? I, mean, like, I just rolled my eyes you hardcore. You did. You did. So this is the thing that I was saying. It was like, yeah, screenwriting is not wonderful. I see what they were trying to do, right? Like, episode two, they get... Um, to the place we'll talk about whatever they get to a safe place with a group of people who have built a new tribe um and at the end of episode two in episode three the tribe is trying to decide if they're going to keep trudy and bray here like they literally are gonna vote like do we kick them out into the wilds Just where like the other where the other tribes literally are beating and killing people because they are just wild children. Just like Survivor. Laws upon themselves. Or are we going to keep this heavily pregnant woman and her baby who's about to come? And they, like, take a vote. They vote them out because a baby is loud and they're trying to hide from the violent gangs. Just like Survivor. And, <laughs> but as they're leaving, Trudy goes into labor. So she has the baby here. This is the thing. Soon as the baby is born... Bray gives an Irish goodbye. Nobody even knows he's gone until like three hours later. And cool. he just ditches them. And like the whole time they're like, every time they're like, he's going to be such a good dad. Every time they say stuff like that, both of them like don't really like look or they like look uncomfortable because that's not the baby. That's not the baby's father. So, you know, in, they, <laughs> it's a lot, kids. In it's story, a lot. In storytelling terms, they call it en medias res, meaning the story starts in the middle of the action. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that, you know, sometimes it could be very stylistic, very yeah. cool. Uh, sometimes it's folly. <laughs> <laughs> because the especially in a high concept like this, mm -hmm. where this is very much a unique setting. Mm -hmm. It is not like our normal world. Like we are, the, we the audience need to be eased in to this high concept world they've created. Yeah. Uh, the, the getting, jumping straight in to the deep end like the freaking kids in the pool. Yeah, because you don't all the information I say, you don't get a resolution or this information until episode five. It's it's clunky. <laughs> it's it's not uh, it's not graceful. No, it's not. I would watch a reboot of this hardcore. Like I'm just saying, I could I could I'm thinking like how to fix it. Basically, take Trudy and Bray, remove mm -hmm. them from episode one because they aren't important to the rest of the story here. Mm -hmm. We're gonna meet like a dozen characters we in are. a second. Um, Trudy and Bray are the least important. Just, for the, yeah, for the first two episodes, they definitely are not Completely remove them from the, the story. Mm -hmm. Replace, basically move their introduction to the next episode. Yes. And follow them for that whole episode. Yes. At least that makes sense. Yes. It's not what they do. No. That's like, okay, we... <laughs> oh man, there's so many problems. <laughs> who, else, who else do hold, we hold meet? On, hold on, hold on. The also apparent in that clip, uh, the acting in this show is very poor. Very poor. Most of the actors, most of them are very bad. 
most bad. I was like, there are, we've seen it. There are good kid actors out yes. there. There are plenty of bad kid actors. I don't. Maybe there just weren't a lot of good kid actors to pick from in New Zealand at the time. I don't know, but also everybody has different accents. Yeah, which I, I think like makes sense because I think the place where they were shooting it like is a multicultural area. Like a lot of transient people like go there for work and different transient people is probably not the right thing, but go there for work and raise families there. So it makes sense that there's just like that is an English accent, a British accent. That's an Australian accent. That's a Kiwi accent. That's American. That's but, French. You're going to get French at some point. But some of these kids are putting on an accent that doesn't feel like their natural accent. Yeah. And it sounds really off-putting. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll get into it. I don't know. It, well, there's... It, sorry. It's it's really weird sometimes because the characters talk in... I think Bray like is trying to do an American accent, mm-hmm. but it, it his, his normal accent keeps coming through. <sighs> so it's like, why did you do this? Okay, but there's also something like called uh, accent echoing. I don't know if that's actually the term. That's what I call. But like when you're in a place long enough, you start to like take on mannerisms. So you've like weirdly slip into stuff. They weren't doing that on purpose. This is not a purposeful thing. I think he was literally trying to do an American accent because someone told him this character's American. Okay. And he's just doing a bad accent. Well, Trudy's American, even though both of her parents were, were British. Yeah. No, they were. They they sounded like they had New, New Zealand. They might have been. I thought I thought they sounded British. Anyway. They're not important. Nope. Let's meet the other characters. Who do you want to meet next? Uh, well, we spend the next like two. Ooh, do we go to Lex first? It's I up think. To you. Let's not do Lex. Let's do uh, what is her name? April and Amber. Amber. Let's do Amber. So you got Amber and Dal, Dal, who are who are the main characters of this first episode? Yes. More or less. Yes. What's your name? I'm Amber, and this is Dal. We're friends. Do you have anyone? Any family, brothers and sisters? He doesn't understand. Let's just go. She needs help. We all need help. That's the way things are. I'm sorry, Amber. But we decided that we were going to leave the city by nightfall. Nothing was going to change that. You said it. How are we going to do that with this thing taking along? Uh, So describe Amber and Dal for us. Dal is the best character. Dal is the one who has the most sense. We like, we stand Dal in this house I've for got a, season got one. A, season one, Dal only. <laughs> I've got a few clips called Sensible Dal. I'll, I'll play them in a second. But yeah, yeah. Dal, Dal, even though that young man, uh, who is that? He's so young. Ashwath Sundarson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's not a great actor. He's... He's trying his best. Yes. But he's... He's, he's, really, he's better than um at least half of the people here. He's... He... He may not be the best actor, but he's got a lot of heart and he's trying his best. And like he's reading the lines like I, I feel like I connected with this character. Yeah. Like this like little boy. He's trying to be like the leader of the pack. Like we need to get out of the city. Like he, ha- he he's a survivalist. He knows he's like he's very pragmatic. Yeah. He's got the soul of an old man. He's like, we're getting out of the city. We're going to find some space. We're going to cultivate the land and and grow food for ourselves and we will not have to deal with these tribes. Let's go. Right. <laughs> he's the best. And he's like five years old. <laughs> he's not. I think he's, he like reads about like between somewhere eight and 11. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so Dow, Dow will give him a pass. He's, yeah. He's pretty good. He's a good kid. Amber. Mo- idyllic. Motherly. She's. She's kind of the main character. She, I, I feel like where Dal is the pragmatic one. He, she's the one who's like the 
idealist. She's the idealist. She she wants to figure out a way to be helpful to ever not just to not just for their own survival, not just for her survival and her friend Dal, but all those that they come across, right? Like we all have to be doing well. Yeah. And so she has, she's like mother hen, like she they they as it starts out Amber and Dal are on their own mm-hmm. and they're like running around in this like burning city like this the ruins of a city yeah like the kids have just destroyed this 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 city yeah the kid you know all the parents died and the kids took over and they just ruined it mm-hmm. you know, there's like rubble and burning trash cans and like just destroyed cars everywhere yeah you know, it's like what hooligans straight up hooligans um and then amber and dal they're like trying to like you know cut through this city and get to safety yeah and it's just the two of them just the two of them. <laughs> and they run across a, another character. Who is that? Um, I hate her. Chloe. I bet I know his name. Teddy, right? And what about you? Chloe. What are you doing out here, Chloe? Playing. Can we play? If you like. But there's no room on the swings. Petty and Paul are hogging them. There's a slide. You could play on that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will. You'll have to go without me. I can't leave her, though. That's okay. We've come this far together. Chloe is, is like a four-year-old. Uh, Five years old? She's like six. She's very young. Yeah, she and reads young. They find her, like, wandering the streets all alone with a teddy bear. Yeah. And, like, you know, as... So... The the city is run by I think is it just one tribe? No, there's uh three tribes, but two of them are gaining power, uh, and they're like having wars anyway, <laughs> for territory. Like, the 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 dangerous tribe that they're trying to avoid in this episode, at least, are the locos, or alternatively titled the locusts. Yep, because they're both used interchangeably in this episode. Mm-hmm. We were very confused by that. Yes. Because you you kept calling them the Locos. Yes, because that's what's tagged everywhere. It says Locos everywhere. They're just tagged on walls, on cars, on trees. But there are like the characters in their dialogue called them locusts. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Which I mean is also an interesting one because they just eat madly. Right. Anyway, so the Locos are like, they remind me of like freaking skinheads or Nazis or something. They like, have a police car. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're rolling around in Mad Max fashion with like a souped up police car mm-hmm. roaming the streets looking for stragglers to kidnap, eat. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what they do. Like assimilate in. So right. Like in the TV show, you don't really see it. They're just like, oh, no, run away. But I think like if we took this as real world value in the same way when we talked about Pokemon, like they're straight up murder. I don't think cannibalism is a thing, but like maybe forced labor, maybe forced labor. It's just they are the like bullies that in the system that society puts forth that's like measured out but it's literally just a gang of violent people being violent yeah with no law to govern them so they do whatever they want yep they they rule the city or at least part of it and like so amber and dal the main characters are trying to avoid the locos in yes. their police cars they roam the streets mm-hmm. they see a little girl a defenseless little girl wandering the streets with her teddy bear they bring her to safety, and that's who Chloe is. Yes, I hate Chloe. Why do you hate Chloe? I hate Chloe for the same reason I hate Feifel. 
Because she's stupid? She's so stupid. <laughs> she's like, you say she was wandering around with her teddy bear. Like she was chasing a stray cat. Oh, hello, kitty. Oh, let's be my pet. Like, you know what the world is, child. Would you consider her bubble brained? <laughs> I hate her. Like, honestly, I was going back and watching more episodes. And every time I'm like, Chloe needs Chloe needs to die. Chloe needs to like, there da- needs to be. Dal, re- no, Dal knows what's up. <laughs> like, don't take her with us. She's da- a Dal is right. Like, this girl's going to get us killed. And she will. She's so. Uh, in like two episodes, which you didn't see. Like, they're all trying to decide if they're going to keep the pregnant girl or not. And she's like, eh, I don't want to be part of this conversation. Leaves the safety of the place that they have, which is hidden, because she hears something and it's a big old cow. And, you know, part of you is like, yeah, that makes sense. Get that cow. Cow meat is important. You have people Milk who are starving cow. together. Milk that cow. Do these things. She's just like, come here, cow. Chases it all throughout, all over the place. Runs into the, like, locals. And she's like... Oh, you got to be quiet, cow. Like, she doesn't, like, turn around and go. She's like, shh, cow. Shh, come on, cow. (laughs) And, like, takes the cow back and then leads the cow to basically their entrance of their their hideout, ties it there. I was like, I'll be back. And just keeps going out to, like, feed the cow and water the cow and not telling anyone where. Chloe deserves to die. This is a consequence of the world that we are living in. That child Ugh. Let's even that out with some sensible Dow. I feel like this conversation conversation needs some sense. Look, all I want to do is find a little place of my own which I can call home. A little piece of land where I can grow my own food. Not scratching leftovers like some animal. It's a nice dream. It's more than a dream. Amber, look around you. There's no future here. The tribes have got the city. Let them live on tinned food. And what happens when the tinned food runs out? Do you think they're going to leave you alone on your country estate? He's, he's, he's talking sense. Yeah. and like, That's what I'd be doing if I was in this situation. Right? Amber does make sense as well, right? Like, do you think they're not going to come after you? He's like, no. Yeah, they will. But I will have time to make defenses. Defenses, yeah. Like, Dal is after my own heart. Like, there's n- w- the tribes have the city. Let's go. What are we doing here? Take the little girl and go into the... Why are we here, Dal, for president? So um, I will say this entire situation reminds me of like certain like open world or like massively multiplayer games, you mm-hmm. know? Um, there is a game out there called DayZ. And in this game, it's a zombie game, you know? So it's a zombie survival game. You know, you, you get dropped into the world with like... I think it, it, when you start, it's like you get one can of beans... And like maybe a knife or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just have to survive, right? And there are like zombies <laughs> roaming. Ro- roaming around, you know, and you have to kind of sidestep the zombies. You don't have a lot to protect yourself with at the start. Mm-hmm. And you have to like, you know, rummage around in the wreckage of this world and find, you know, more food, mm-hmm. you know, supplies, weapons. You know, sometimes you can get car batteries and you can rebuild a car, that kind of thing. Yeah. But there are some servers of this game where like, legitimately people build tribes in the game that's cool and so you can get dropped into a server and like you the the zombies are less dangerous than the people who run the server so the people will come upon you and say like give us all your stuff we won't kill you (laughs) or something like that you know or it's like 
you want to join our tribe, you got to prove yourself. You know, like it's Yikes. like crazy. Yikes. That's what this reminds me of. This That's re- what it would be in real life. Yeah. So it's like in a game like that, it's like I'd want to be Dal, you know, <laughs> and start my own farm somewhere. Yeah. Even like Minecraft, you know, like just build it up. But at the same time, you have like rival gangs who are going to roll in there and just wreck your stuff. Yeah. Steal your stuff. I mm-hmm. get it. That's what I was like. The world building is cool. Yeah. All the it's a very a lot of ma- imagination goes into this. You know, it's just the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's such a cool concept. And I think I really, even the annoying characters, I enjoy, right? Like, because it's just kind of thinking about the tribes that are roaming and just doing violence upon people just because. And some of the other stuff we'll talk about, like, where this goes from here. Um, like, that's what would happen, <laughs> you know? Just kind of like, oh, I hate that. That's like some of the things that the antics of the tribe that we follow, um, which all the tribes have names. The tribe that we follow is are eventually going to take on the name set namesake, the mall rats. Like that's the name of their, their tribe. Um, Jane, Silent Bob. And, and they, even in them, right? Like they have like their own little feuds, their attitudes, like they work together, but they also hide stuff from each other. And I'm like, that's very annoying, but that's exactly what it would happen. Cause even if we're like working as a unit, like we do, have so much individualism in ourselves like to try to take care of ourselves right like because even as pragmatic as dal is being he doesn't for a second go like all right let's take this kid with us we need more people it's leave her here she's obviously stupid and we don't want to bring her with us which again very bright dal (laughs) i don't believe this you've changed your mind you're not coming with me no dal i haven't changed my mind it's just that I don't know. It feels like running away. I know there's nothing we can do. We can't stop the tribes taking over. I just hate to see them get away with it. This is where I grew up. It's where you grew up, Dal. You might be able to walk away, but I can't. It's not that simple. You're stupid, Amber. <laughs> it's, like, it's very simple. It's very simple. People move all the time. I but can't leave this when... place. I grew up here. Where? That building that you grew up in is dist- it is raised to the ground. Especially when fascist junior walks in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, Dal and Amber are led by Chloe to where Chloe has been hiding out. Yeah, and she has a small little gang of herself. That's two other little kids, a dog, and a more adult kid. And their names are. Do you remember? Patty, Susie. Clarice right, well, and for- Bob the dog. <laughs> oh, well, let's let's meet the adult in the room. Uh, the the adult is Celine. That's what I said. Who are you with? What tribe? We're not with any tribe. We found Chloe a couple of streets away. You obviously know her. She got away. I'm Amber, by the way. This is Dell. Celine. Did you know Chloe wandered off? I can't stop her. What difference does it make? We can't run anymore. I was gonna give us up. Then I found this place. I thought they could have a play. One more time before. She literally is like, we're going to die. So I want the kids to at least have a fun time before we're found out and beaten to death. Also, what is her accent? What is that? What is she, what is she doing? I don't know. It's all over the place. It is all over the place. <laughs> so yeah, Celine is like, is she, they're like Amber's. She's like Amber's age, right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> She's she's basically babysitting these two kids yeah. and Chloe who keeps getting away. Yeah, and she's just like, I can't stop her. Let the girl die. 
You see, you called Amber motherly, but I would I reserve that for Celine, especially Celine. Yeah, I can Selena's see super motherly, especially as the show goes on and just different things that happen. But like, yeah, she's really like very much like like I don't know why she's with these kids other than like they're alone. Yep, and who are those kids? You said is Patsy and Paul. That's what I said. And Bob, the dog. I was right about that. So you're Patsy, and your name is Paul. And who's this? Bob. (laughs) Paul is deaf. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, because Patsy answers for Paul. Yes. What's your name? Paul. Yeah. And you think, is little girl's name Paul? No. That was my first impression. (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, Paul is deaf. And he can sometimes speak, but he chooses to sign. Yes. Yes, they do explain that. Yeah. Uh, and they have a cute little dog. Uh, that, that That's a good opportunity to say, like, the style of the show. Like, all the characters dress. Weird. Weird. Uniquely. It was like a Hot Topic-esque. Yeah. In a way. And they've got, I, I can't Homeless remember. Homeless Hot Topic. Yes. Hobo Hot Topic. I don't know when they dropped it, but also, like, but eventually they do, thank goodness. But their makeup is always, like, there's a streak of paint down my eyebrow. Yeah, everyone's there's got, like, a- war paint. And I don't understand the t- the like thought process behind that, other than like, oh, we're tribes. Style. Roles. It's stylistic. It's stylistic, but I guess me and my brain is like, why would kids just start doing that? Especially if you weren't a part of a tribe. Yeah, everybody's got war yeah. paint on, or like they have colored hair. Yes. Even Bob the dog. Even Bob has the a dog. little like swirl around his eye. Yes. Why? <laughs> supposed to be the tribe yeah they're not in a tribe though like that's the thing where i'm like i get it for the the tribes that like the locals all have like white paint on their faces and shoulder um, pads so i'm like i get it like that's your that's your team uniform but like when you're not a part of them like what's what's with the paint what are you doing go wash it you're gonna get pimples (laughs) what's the other we meet one more tribe in this first episode yes lex's tribe no, 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 no. They they have like a, an altercation. Oh, oh, yeah. I can't remember what that tribe's name is. It kind of reminds me of The Warriors, which is a movie from the 70s. Yeah. Where it's like all these gangs in New York are all like themed after mm-hmm. different things. So there's like the Baseball Furies where they dress <laughs> up in baseball uniforms and have like white face paint. And the mm-hmm. Warriors are like Native American inspired. Mm-hmm. That's what this kind of reminds me of. They're like the warring tribes in the city all have like a style that mm-hmm. they go for. You yeah. Know? So and they're all you, on skates. <laughs> you do see the locos fight another tribe. Yeah. At some I can't point. remember what yeah. that tribe's called though. But you did mention a third tribe. A third sort of like group. A, a posse. I called, it, I called it a little gang. Yeah. Uh it's it's Lex's gang. Yep. Uh Lex uh, Piece of trash. Let's just meet him and Lex his. Morris is trash. Let's just meet him right now. Where is he? Lex? Maybe we got it wrong. I mean, are you sure this is a meeting place? Or maybe we got the wrong time. These guys don't wear watches, you know. Quiet. I'm thinking. Yes, Zondra, let the man think. He can't think. He can't come up with one of his brilliant plans. I don't like it here, out in the open. Anything could happen. Shut up, the both of you. Zoot will keep his word. Where is he then, the legendary leader of the Locos? You heard the siren. Siren? That could have been anyone. Could have been the demon dogs, this is their patch. Or the roosters, any of the gangs. The sector's a war zone. The whole city is a war zone, in case you hadn't noticed. So the man with the, the deepest voice, that's Lex. Yeah. Shut up to both of you. That's that's Lex. <laughs> um, he is accompanied by Xandra. Yep. It's the girl. Mm-hmm. And Little Man. 
We don't remember his name. No, we don't, because he, he dies immediately. He's sacrificed immediately. But then there's also Zangief. Is that his name? No. I don't Joey? know. I don't have his Ryan, name. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. It's Ryan. Ryan. Oh, there's a character named Ryan. That's a normal name. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan is a, kind of the... Is he a gentle giant? Yes, he's a... He's the muscle. <laughs> he's... Mm, he's... Yeah. At this point, when you meet these guys... Like, it's like, the show starts. You meet Trudy and Bray, mm-hmm. who are not important. But I, I thought they were going to be the main characters. Because, you know, usually the first p- characters you meet are important. Right. Uh, they aren't. They are. Then you meet Chloe. And she's, like, walking the street. And then all of a sudden you you whip over to Lex and his gang and there's like four other characters that you need to meet. And you're like, who are these people? <laughs> what are they talking about? It's been seven minutes. <laughs> Less than that, it feels like. Probably. And, th- and, then, and then we bounce back and we meet Amber and Dal, you know, and you're like, well, who are these people? What's happening? And they keep cutting back to Lex and his gang and you're like, what, what's going on? Where are those other characters? What's happening? And I'm very confused. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit to follow. So to... To untangle this this horrible <laughs> plot. Uh, Lex, Zandra, and the gang mm-hmm. are waiting to meet up with the leader of the Locos. Yep. And his name is Zoot. Okay. Zoot of the Locos. I because I guess that. they want to join the gang. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, there's like some form of protection like that comes with being a part of a group, even if it's, you know, the crazy group. I get it. So like early... Early-ish on in the episode, that you get that meeting where mm-hmm. Lex, Xandra, and the gang mm-hmm. meet up with Zoot and the Locos. Right. And this is the first time you really, like, other than seeing them pass by and, like, kind of patrol the city in their police car, mm-hmm. you actually get an interaction with the Locos. Yeah. And, like, Zoot is, like, just, like, blank-faced, like, <laughs> just weird guy. It reminds me of freaking, like, Immortus, Immortus Joe or Immortan Joe from, uh, from Ma- uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Mediocre. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's what he reminds me of. Okay. I believe you. I like it's the whole thing there, right? Like you could hear uh, Lex being, you could think like, oh, he's just a, a tense leader. He's trying to make sure everybody's in line so that this meeting goes well. No, Lex is kind of trash. He's a brat. He's, yes. But anyway, here's him meeting Zoot. Zoot, I was starting to think you weren't coming. <laughs> Guess timekeeping's not your thing, eh? Yeah, me neither. Time's dead. It's the old way. We make no the rules now, right? What's in the bag? <laughs> Glad you asked, friend. Glad you asked. Walkie-talkies, CD players, batteries, you name it. Food? We've only got enough for you us. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I guess they're bringing him, like, tribute? Is that what they do? You gotta, you gotta yeah, bring you gotta the, pay you your gotta way bring, in. You gotta bring Zoot some tribute so you can get in the gang? Yeah, you gotta prove that you can uh, offer something. And they want some tin food, yep. which is cans. Yep. But this me- this is where it gets confusing because the meeting doesn't go well. Yeah. Like immediately after being told by Zoot, give me all your food, mm-hmm. Lex and his gang decide, yeah, we're done. And yeah. they just like. It's because Lex is innately selfish and he wants that food for himself. He doesn't want to share it with any group, especially like knowing you'd be the lowest on the totem pole. So you wouldn't really get anything what was the plan then i don't know doesn't make any sense at all they're stupid dumb kids yeah so like lex gives ryan the signal that they're gonna renege on the deal and it becomes a chase scene yeah and that's how we sacrifice that other dude (laughs) right yeah little man why do you want to be a locust you guys are the best outfit around you cut it you really what really what 
You're scandalous. We're what? Are you confused? Because I am. I'm not. <laughs> that, that, that scene unfolded exactly that way. <laughs> You're just like, what? what? Why? Why are we what, laughing? What's going oh, on? Wait. It was, it's so weird. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just like the locusts are chasing Lex and his gang. Yeah. But that just happens. They cross paths with Amber, Dal, and their new group. Yep. And there's like a stare down between them. Yep. But the locusts break it up because they're still chasing Lex. Yep. And so it's just like this weird scene where all the groups like cross paths with each other, but it really doesn't do anything. Correct. It's weird. It's really just to show, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but that's also because I watch more episodes, right? Like it, as a first episode, it's a failure. <laughs> Utter failure. Yes. It's um, very confusing. It does not set up anything coherently, mm -hmm. you know, and like. I don't know, man. So I think the point is, right? Like, because at, at, at the end of this, right? Like there's, uh, they all meet up. Um, Lex is now threatening Amber and the new crew of the children. And is just like, this is our spot. Give us all your food, blah, blah, blah. The locusts show up and then they scatter. And then another gang shows up, like the devil dogs or yes, whoever. Yes, I think it was the devil dogs. And they're fighting the locusts. Lex and his uh, trio duck behind some stuff. And uh, Amber and the kids just go running. They find their way into a mall. A mall, and I have a clip of them getting into the mall. Maybe there's some food here. I'll go have a look around. Looks like the place is being looted. But you never know. Adele, be careful. Yeah, and so they like are like, oh, this is a pretty chill place. We like this. And then... Lex and his trio stroll in right behind them. Yep, and uh, like they're they're threatening them. It's like this is our place now. Where were we? Give us your stuff, right. like kind of thing. But then they get locked up because like you you keep get, during this confrontation, the camera keeps cutting to like an unseen hand who's like holding a lever, mm -hmm. and the lever gets pulled, and all of a sudden, like you know those like security fences at the yeah. mall that close up shops. Yeah. They drop down and lock Lex and his cronies. In like a cage. Like they can't come further in the mall, but they also can't leave. Exactly. Looks like you're the one not getting away. What do you want with us? We've got no argument with the locusts. These aren't locusts. If they were, they would have done the job right. Open it up. Open it up now or you'll regret it. I'm going to count to ten. One! Two! Three! Four! Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So what happens now? I think you'll find that, that was a fairly empty threat. You didn't quite think it through, did you? Not to worry. That's our favorite character. That's our favorite pizza place. I'm like sitting here smiling, just hearing it. I was like, I love Jack. <laughs> yes, that is Jack. He is uh, a little boy who's been living in this mall. All by himself. He's got control over the security systems and, you know, he's got a stores of food and yep. clean beds that, you know, he's been enjoying himself. Yep. And so when these interlopers come in and start threatening, you know, friendly looking people in his mall, he decides I'm going to lock him in. Yep. And he does. Yep. And uh, he introduces himself and we're like, we love this kid. We love this kid. Best actor in the game. Yeah. Who is this kid? Uh, 
That is Michael Wesley Smith playing Jack. And uh, this kid oozes charisma. So much. He's so good at his job. He's the best actor by and large. Like he's he's saying a lot of really hard words and like it's clear that his, you know, his, his got a lisp. Yeah, he's he's got a little bit of a speech impediment, but man, he's just going for it. He's delivering. His timing is excellent. He's got comedic timing as well. He's just he's carrying. He's he carries the last part of the show and he's only in there for five minutes. Yep. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm Jake in the Think you've got something to say? Like what? Well, in my day it was thanks, but uh, times are changing. Thanks. I don't mention it. Um, these gates can only be lifted with a special winch. I'll lift the far one when you guys have had a chance to cool off. Come on, show your hand. His accent's very thick. I love Jack. There are some times where I was like, "What did he just say?" We had to put on the the subtitles. I had to. I was like, I could understand him. I, I could not like that last clip. I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> so I rewound it and put on the subtitles. The subtitles were wrong, though. But yeah, so he says like, you know, like, oh, what do you do have we do? something to say to me? What? Well, in my day, we said, said thanks. thanks. Yeah. And that's, that's a funny line. But when he says, I'm Jack, the subtitle said, I'm Jake. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and we're like, is this name Jake or Jack? What's happening? <laughs> and the subtitles were wrong because his name is Jack. Yep. But this, whoever put the subtitles on to be <laughs> lazy, like, lazy. It's just saying there's multiple occasions where it's like, that's not what they said. Yeah. Cause it's like, he said, Jack it, with a very thick New Zealand accent. I'm Jack. I'm Jack. <laughs> Jack is excellent. Um, I love him. He is a great character in that he is a child who is very savvy and clever and selfish. Resourceful. And selfish. Oh, okay. <laughs> he seems pretty, like, giving in this episode. Uh-huh. This one episode where he was like, these kids seem cool. I like them well enough. I need friendship. Give it two episodes because, like, the next episode, oh, we're all going to stay here. They go to a, a cabinet. And it's, like, not a lot of food, but they're going to see how they're going to make it happen. There's, like, 20 cans. Following episode, you find out he has a whole storeroom of canned food, condiments, sweets, and everything that he, like, goes to himself and he doesn't let anyone else know about. Mm. Because he's a child. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, he has water that's just for himself. Like, I love Jack. Jack is real people. Like... <laughs> Jack's terrible, but I was like, nope, that's that's how it would be. Like, you gotta look out for number one. Let's hear him be generous. Why are you doing this? Doing what? Helping us. We could be demon dogs for all you know. <laughs> you guys. Maybe not. All the same, you didn't have to let us in Hi. here. Simple. I've been living out of a crate of tin thingies for the last six weeks and Come on, let us even out. that's running long. Well, we haven't got much food either. But you can help me find some. That's the least you could do after I helped you with your little problem back there. Uh, look, thanks for your help. But we have to move on. First thing in the morning, right, Amber? See yourselves. You won't find a better place to crash than this. It's so big and empty. It is big and empty. It is big and empty. And uh, he offers them nice clean beds to sleep mm -hmm. in. Uh, and they do that. Um, speaking of that mall, I have a fun tidbit tidbit so the phoenix shopping mall as it's called in the show mm -hmm. the set which reportedly took five weeks to build prior to the commitments of principal photography was said to be the largest set built for a production in new zealand at the time oh wow yeah uh was that beat out of the bush by uh lord, lord of, of the, the rings? rings yes it was <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, all the shops contained in the mall were built to almost realistic shop size and designed to last for a long time. Nice. Like there, there are a lot of like little rooms and shops mm-hmm. and things in this mall that they go to. I love the concept of the mall more than anything else, right? Like because the, the tribe does grow. Right, they do take on a few more stragglers. They do like that's just what happens. And that's why they're called the mall rats. Yeah, that's why they're called the mall rats. And each shop, each mall becomes someone's room, becomes them, their haven. They get to design it. They get to do what they want with it. And this is their home. And it was just felt so lived in, you know, and so like real. And I just loved it. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I like the premise. It's so good. Yeah, I do like the execution. Premise. It's the execution. That's the thing. Um, also, because I have nowhere else to say it, um, you've been hearing it all the clips. There is a, a constant <laughs> drone of background music yeah. played in the show. It is so ambient and video game-esque. I love video game music, but there's a reason why v- movie scores don't have video game music playing underneath them all the time. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's very... Distracting? It's, it doesn't... At least the music in the tribe here, it doesn't press the... It doesn't have any dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. It's only there for like acute ambience. Yeah. Like there's no tension or I don't know. It's just to like whimsy. feel the silence of the children's yeah, that's pauses it. and they're speaking. That's it. It's just to fill like time <laughs> or fill out the the noise of the the scene, I mm-hmm. guess, you know. So it it's very distracting cuz this the music is just so flaccid. <laughs> it's not good. I can't disagree with you, honestly. <laughs> if it was there to like loop continuously in like an adventure video game, that's a different story mm-hmm. because it's a game, mm-hmm. you know, and you move at your own pace when you're playing a video game. Here, the scenes have to maintain a pace yeah. because it's a it's a TV show. Yeah, even with the like, like the run, pa- if there's pacing, like, oh, there's a chase scene, it's still this do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> It's very distracting. I was going to say that, that that was a miss. Another miss for this show. Mm. Not good. Don't disagree. That's basically where the show ends. They, they, that episode, yeah. Yeah, they end up camping at the mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get clean sheets for the lo- first time in a long yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, Lex and his cronies have to sleep in their cage. Yep. It's getting dark. What are we going to do about sleeping? I've got a blanket. The younger ones can have that. The rest of us will just have to make do. Sounds good, but... Uh... I can go on better. Look! Big! Hey! <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, okay, that's the music. It's like heaven. Clean sheets. Real feather pillows. Of course, uh, I sleep in the electrical shop. Sort of feel attached to the place. Hey! Open this gate! What are we gonna do about those three? Locked in a cage. Oh, forget it. That's what you do with animals. Lock them up. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. Question, because I don't intend to watch this show ever. Uh, does like, is there like a Lex face turn? Sort does, of. Does he join the tribe? He does. So they let him out in the next episode for reasons because Bray come, like he like breaks in. He's been like, he's scouting for a place to uh, bring Trudy and Remember they them? let them out because they're like, they need muscle and these kids are muscle, right? And there's a fight for a while between because Lex just wants to take over and be like, yeah, this is my crew, my gang, because that's just like clearly who his character is. Sure. And Amber's like, no, this is a democracy. (laughs) 
we all get a vote and we all get a say. So there's like a tense battle between them back and forth. But Lex pretty much is trash for a very long time. Like he's pretty consistent in him just being like, like even in a little like in the next couple of episodes, like uh, Zandra is the the girl who travels with him, and they all Zandra, Lex, and Ryan get let into the tribe and help out and stuff. And I guess I think the show is really interesting. I don't know what the like standards and practices are in other things for like children's shows, but they just talk about sex in this group. They talk about like we have a, a heavily pregnant teenage girl. We know what happened. Like when you think about what how this world is, like obviously these kids are having sex. Obviously they're getting pregnant and they're not being safe or anything. Like if they can find condoms or anything like that, like that's just what's going to happen. And then like at some point, like Lex just like goes up to Xandra and like forces a kiss on her and she's like, ah, stop, no. And I was like, mm, I don't like the implications of the word. And so he's like trash for a while. I think later on down the road him and amber might become a thing but i also remember amber and bray being a thing because eventually bray comes back there's a whole thing there's a whole thing but then celine and Bra- <laughs> celine eventually gets pregnant here's as your well Daw- here's your dawson's like, creek right it's here. so much but then there's more characters that move in and do different things like it's so it's so much it's so much also i just want to take time to like talk about the terrifying conceits of this world. Like there's a little girl, there's a girl about to have a child. None of them know how to like Selena at several points, like she should be okay. It's natural. Like, I mean, I don't know how to birth a baby, but it's natural. Your body knows what sweetie women, (laughs) girls die in childbirth. There's going to be blood. There's going to be excretions. There's pain. And a lot of, there's going to be tearing. This is natural, but that doesn't mean it's, it's good at all. And like, at some point like or like Bray has to like, Hey, get towels, get this. Da da da. I was like, I'm glad he read a book at some point because you know, like things like that, like you got to keep that kid clean. You got to clean up the wounds of the woman who just gave birth. Ha ha. There's so many things in this world that I'm like, this is bad. This is not good. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> yikes. They got a good starting point here. And I'm I, I'm going to believe you and say that they did things with it. You they know, did. Like, like, compelling s- things. Season two or season three, right? Like the main, like they deal with some of the tribes. They th- I think they deal with the locals or the mad dogs in season one. And like there's some reprieve. But you know that they like where um, if there's a gap in power, if there's a power vacuum, someone's going to move. Through. Sure. There's literally just a cult that rises up. And one of the people that everybody's following, like crazy sycophants is just like, I have risen from the dead. I have cured everything. I will bring everything. It's like, it's wild. It reminds and me of The Last of Us. It's so, it's such a good concept. They like, I can't remember how well the execution gets over the next couple of seasons, right? Like it is still early 2000s core. So it might be things like, <laughs> but the show is good. Like conceptually, like there are still things where I'm like, Chloe must die. You're being <laughs> so stupid right now. Or like, oh my gosh, why are you hiding resources? You guys need to work together. But it's like, they're children. They're children not even understanding how to build a society up. So it is what it is. Going back to Lex, he reminds me of Prince Suko from <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> That's like the role that I imagine him playing. You know, mm. like he's this antagonistic force, the anti-hero for a lot of the, the show. And then he ends mm-hmm. up having a face turn. Yeah. That's my imagination. I don't think he ever becomes that good, though. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, he does. He definitely does. But it's also like a long running show. So, you know, there's just face and heel turns back and forth. Sure. I believe it. But that is the first episode of The Tribe. Yeah. Would you recommend it? No. Yes. Based entirely on this first episode, <laughs> I would not proceed with this show. It is it is not my jam. Mm, that's fair. Um, I, I appreciate the things that are good about it. Mm-hmm. It's like the premise seems really cool. And I can understand there being some like compelling character drama going on in there. Uh, but. <laughs> I'm not into teen drama stuff. Mm-hmm. Not interest me. Um, the acting is horrible. Yeah, that's true. Pr- by Except and large. for Jack. Jack is great <laughs> despite his accent. Like he has a very thick accent. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. A lot of the time. Um, just the production value is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing's bad. Like pacing is bad. Yeah. Um, the music's bad. Yeah. It's an ugly show. So you would recommend it? No. But no, you love no. watching bad things with friends. I would watch this to laugh at it with friends, <laughs> but I would not watch this to enjoy a compelling TV show. I would and is, am. <laughs> no, it sucks. Um, yeah, I'm not with, down with the tribe. I know you got a lot of fans out there. Tribe fans, if you find this and you're disappointed, I'm just some weirdo on the internet, okay? I'm just one guy. It's I'm, a, my, I'm it's allowed my opinion. my opinion. You can disregard my opinion and say I'm wrong. That's totally fine. Watch but, it. Uh, watch it, kids. Watch it. Oh, but what did the world think of the tribe? They thought it was amazing. The tribe's early ratings were reportedly, quote, respectable rather than overwhelming. (laughs) Um, But positive coverage by consumer press outlets and strong word of mouth helped viewership increase. So it's like a slow burn show, you know. It got to take its time to be good. (laughs) The first first episode surely didn't help. (laughs) Later series reportedly delivered strong ratings for Channel 5. Mm -hmm. I was reading that, like. The show kept getting renewed. Yeah. You know, and it was actually being moved to better and better time slots, mm-hmm. which is evidence that it was performing well. Right. So that that's that's what I, I was reading some like blogs and things like, you know, hey, the show's been moved to this this night. That means that it's got strong ratings still. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to invest in the show. So that's my evidence on that. Um, it likewise saw success outside of New Zealand and the UK in places like Australia, Germany, Finland and Norway. And the U.S. Apparently, the Germans, they love the tribe. It's pretty interesting. Like, the, the, there's, like, official dubs and, like, translations in German specifically. That's cool. That's out there. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Germans love the tribe. As both a sleeper hit and a cult phenomenon, the tribe has been praised by fans for its creativity, storytelling, diverse cast, and mature themes. Yeah. Uh, some, critics, some critics thought so, too. <laughs> Den of Geek said, quote, the blending of social and political issues with its genre setting made it one of the more intelligent shows out there for a young audience. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. quote, that didn't stop it veering off occasionally into soap opera territory and writing for hormonally charged audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But some aspects of the tribe have been criticized. In a review of the first series, Pop Matters said, quote, the first few story arcs are mightily tough to sit through <laughs> with, quote, perhaps the biggest weakness in the series being the acting. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. And the spinoff in a review titled, quote, The Tribe Was a Hot Mess That We Should All Be Proud Of, (laughs) said the show is, quote, the best thing that New Zealand has ever produced. It's also the worst, but that's okay. (laughs) I stand by that. That is that is excellent. So there's, you know, glowing praise and criticism from the spinoff. Oh, man. And what of the legacy of the tribe? Tell me. 
The Tribe ran for five series of 260 episodes. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah, each epi- each season was like 75 episodes. And uh, I mean, you you went into some of the places that it you got into a few of the places the show went, but tell me more, tell me more. Is there anything else that was a standout for mm. the tribe? There was like a whole Sierra like arc where Bray the the reason Bray had left was he was trying to go find a cure. Like he went to the to try to go find like how can we make sure that like this doesn't happen again? Like is the virus still floating around and when we become of age are we gonna die? And then like finding out that um I think it was either Bray's father or Trudy's father who was responsible for the virus. Oh, no. Uh, Like, they were trying to do something else and accidentally created this thing and then released it on the world kind of thing. Um, Tribe virus is over now. (laughs) (laughs) And and just, like, a lot of, like, little arcs and character things, like, that I can't necessarily sit on. I'm going to rewatch it. Slowly, because I can't. I, there's a lot of Chloe right now, and she's really making me upset. <laughs> Pre-production of a series six started in September 2003. However, while the show was still performing well, Nick Wilson and Raymond Thompson quote felt that the cast was getting too old and that it was beginning to stretch the core proposition. Uh, the show was thus officially canceled in 2003. Fair. I guess like Raymond Thompson in interviews has like clarified a bit more. It's like not. It's not that the cast had gotten old. And like, that's why they canceled the show. It was more like the cast was getting older and that necessitated more mature topics to Mm -hmm. discuss the show. Like the show needed to be more adult because they're adults now. Yeah. But Channel 5 was like, no, no, no. We hired you to make a kid's show. Mm. You need to make a kid's show. And so when they got too old to make a kid's show, it was sort of like, yeah, we got to pull the plug on this yeah i think that's that would have been interesting though because the thought of it right like they are adults and they need to be handling more adult themes but society is still not rebuilt so it's not like they're like well we have to like talk about a job and taking care like they are already doing that so i feel like i don't know what maturity would look like in this world i also will say like so the show ended in 2003 i would mm-hmm. say with its current aesthetic whatever hobo hot topic <laughs> uh-huh. it may have survived another three years at mm-hmm. that point it would have looked incredibly out of date yeah. they would have had to re completely re reshape its look yeah because the look that they had going for it was perfect for <laughs> 1999 <laughs> for to 2003 but after that it looks ridiculous like they, <laughs> just like rocket power the yeah. tribe is very much a show a product of its time yeah that makes sense a soundtrack CD titled Abe Messiah was released in New Zealand in 2000. And that worldwide, makes sense. <laughs> Abe Messiah is one of the other theme songs for the show. Please tell me we're closing with that. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. A sequel television series titled The New Tomorrow, which was created by Channel 5 and Cloud9, aired for one season in 2005. Did you ever see that? No, I've never even heard of it. Apparently, like, it's more for younger audiences compared to what the tribe was doing, mm-hmm. you know, at the end there. So okay. I think that was like the conceit. It's like channel five is like, yeah, you can make a sequel. You Start gotta, them off younger. Gotta, you got to aim younger. Yeah. In 2011, a tribe prequel film titled tribes was announced to be in development with the partnership of legendary pictures. However, plans fell through in 2015. Mm. Raymond Thompson is reportedly still working on a sequel film of some kind. Oh, okay. The Tribe has spawned a successful novel series with three recent novels, 2011's The Tribe, A New World, 2014's The Tribe, A New Dawn, and 2019's The Tribe, 
Revolution. Okay. Served as sequels to and a continuation of the story of the television series. Interesting. So if it's like, I guess those three novels are essentially seasons five, six, and seven. Huh. So if you want more tribe and the TV show no longer exists, just read the novels. Do you think community could do that? <laughs> Six season in a novel. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and in 2022, a tribe RPG video game based on the first series what? was released for Windows and Mac OS. What? Yep. Just released. Fresh off the presses. Oh my gosh. It looks like it was made in RPG Maker. So uh, it looks incredibly cheap, but it's made by fans for fans with the like or with the blessing of the creators. Oh I, I like Raymond Thompson was doing interviews about the game specifically. So I think him and his team had a hand in developing so this video cool. game. So it's like, if you're a fan of the tribe, do you want to, do you want to play it with me for like 30 minutes, record it OBS and put that on, on freaking Twitter Twitch? <laughs> on Twitch. Yeah. No, are you suggesting a video game? No, episode? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> oh man. This is actually a good opportunity to say this. The tribe has one of the most devoted fan bases on the internet that I've ever seen. Mm. It's like these people love it to this day. It's, it's like good. I, I'm like I I wholeheartedly support that. I love you people. <laughs> you know, for your love of this show. Like, you know, that's great. Keep it going. It's 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 very heartwarming. Yeah. You know, I hope the the tribe community, you know, lives strong into the future here. So <laughs> Good job. Don't let my naysaying uh, stop you. Any new people, don't watch it. <laughs> wow. Watch it. Watch it. Watch at least half of the first season. But that's the tribe. That's the tribe. That's all we got. Yeah. So now the, the important business. I won. Who won this episode? I won. No, no, no. I didn't lose. I was prepared. Prepared. <laughs> To say that Rocket Power was going to be the loser because I, you know, I'm not a big, not a big defender of Rocket Power. But after watching the first episode of The Tribe, having only that to base my opinion on, Rocket Power blew The Tribe out of the water. No, the Rocket Power is more even. No, the acting's better. The the the, the production value. There's more production value. No, more money went into it. The animation's good. It's just a better product. Okay, but in my defense. The tribe is better. It's not. But hear me out. The tribe is now more here, How obstinate are you going to be here? Are we going to argue for five minutes and then I'm going to cut out that argument <laughs> and you're just going to say the Rocket Power one? Or are you mm. going to make us cut this star in half and say it was a tie? I enjoyed watching the tribe more. I enjoyed it. Like, not just because of nostalgia. I just did. I was just like, what's going on? It, like, kept me engaged because I was a little you like, liked what's happening? You watching Chloe walk walking in the street? Chloe doesn't bother me until episode three. <laughs> like, Chloe wandering at that point, I was just like, oh, yeah, we have to figure out a way to get to this other half of the group. That's fine. Whatever. Chloe starts bothering me by episode three. She's fine in episode like, one. Twi Twister sucks in Rocket Bar, but at least he's, like like natural like i feel like he's he's he's, he's realistic mm -hmm. yeah i like the tribe I, you can like the tribe but i'm telling you rocket power is a better show okay kids especially you tribers when we do votes at the end of this week make sure you blow mine out of the water because i don't think that he's gonna let me say that tribe is better he doesn't want me to get a star on the board for this it's up to you or is it gonna be a tie or is it gonna be rocket power trap okay it's a tie yay all right so you can help us settle the score 
you know, if you tribe fans find us on Twitter or on Instagram, <laughs> feel free to outvote me, I guess. Yep, we're going to put a poll up. You can vote uh, on which show you think is better on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Media Made Show. So mm. that's that. What's next on our agenda? Runners up. All right, let's talk some runners up. Give me a moment because I definitely forgot that that was my job. So I have to go to my notes to find our runners up. Okay, so if we were not watching, if we weren't watching Rocket Power for you, we, there were a couple of shows that we could have been watching. Um, SpongeBob being one of them. That's the big one. Now, yeah. here's an interesting uh, quirk of our show. We have certain rules on like what we consider our show of that year, right? Mm -hmm. TV, it's very difficult, right? Because TV show is made up of many parts, right? So the rule we set was, if you have seen every single episode of that show, it's automatically it automatically wins over a show that you have not finished to completion. Yep. So here's an interesting uh, quirk in the, that rule. I have seen Rocket Power from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I even had to go back and look at the final episode to make sure. I, <laughs> I've seen it. 100%. I've seen all of Rocket Power, all those seasons. Mm -hmm. However... I have seen more episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Mm -hmm. uh, I, in fact, I like SpongeBob SquarePants better than Rocket Power. But the problem is SpongeBob SquarePants, I think, is still airing to this day or, <laughs> or recently finished. So there are a thousand episodes of SpongeBob. I have not seen them all. Therefore, with the rules we've set, Rocket Power won out over SpongeBob. Yep. But SpongeBob is the better Nicktoon. And in, in many ways, it could be considered the best Nicktoon ever made. Um, sure. I love SpongeBob. I I was so into SpongeBob, like about like third, fourth grade, like it was my favorite show. Yeah. I got so excited watching it. So love I, SpongeBob. It's, I think it helped take cartoons to the, like the next level. Okay. I did not like SpongeBob, <laughs> but that's just a personal preference. I just didn't find it funny. But I, there were so many people that were really, really into it that really, really loved it. So that makes sense. But yeah, it's a lot of episodes. It capitalized on that stoner humor, like the randomness, randomness humor that mm -hmm. like just became internet meme culture. Right? Yeah. It's like there's a reason SpongeBob is so meme worthy. You know, <laughs> it's like just look at how like look at the legs of SpongeBob, like not, you know, not literally. Your but, leg guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, like SpongeBob has like continued to make like like persist on the internet through meme culture. Yeah. Right? Where are your rocket power memes? They're nowhere. Psych. <laughs> no. Oh man. Okay. Um. We also could have been watching. I, I think these are to a lesser extent. For oh yes, you. for sure. Ed, Ed and Eddie, which I don't think you even really. I liked. hate Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah. It was one of those shows that if there was nothing else on, I would watch that. Yeah. It's ugly. It's mean. Everyone's yeah. really mean in that show. It's a watered down Dumb and Dumber. Or Beavis and Butthead. It's very much Beavis and Butthead. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. I, I don't like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. It was just a show that was on. Yeah. And there's nothing else to watch. I'd I'll watch, watch it. that. Yeah. I think in the same vein, Courage the Cowardly Dog was one of the ones for same you. Same thing. Courage the Cowardly Dog is better than Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. But I, it was still very ugly and scary. Yeah. I was going to say it scared me a lot. It gave me nightmares. Yeah. There were, there, were, there were definitely episodes of Courage the Cowardly Dog that made me very scared. Yeah. I still repeat stuff from it, though. I say naughty. Like that weird, creepy character that cut Courage's hair all the time will be like, I've been very naughty. Ugh. 
that's just what it is. Like that's I just love it. it we haven't fun. really talked about it, but like around this time, I, I I've been scared. I was scared of the dark for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just like had a very like visceral feel fear of the dark. You right. Know? It's like sleep with the lights on, sleep in my parents' room, like mm-hmm. like on the floor, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just like there's something about the the unknown in the yeah. dark that scared me. And like there were certain like movies or TV shows or games mm-hmm. that would just like incite that in me yeah you know and it still happens to this day sometimes like i'll watch something scary and it's just like yeah i'm like not okay with this (laughs) you know like i don't want this thank you it's like i don't like just imagining being in the dark it's scary anyway yeah that's that but curse the cowardly dog it incited that in me um and then we also had for you the amanda show amanda please (laughs) yep watch a lot of that oh man you know how we like air our dirty laundry on the podcast sometimes? No more dirty laundry. You just threw rocks this episode. Here, I got to, you know, let's let's tell this cringy story about me as a kid uh, just so that like I can get it off my back <laughs> and like it's out there in the open. I don't have to worry about it anymore. In sixth grade, we went to science camp. <laughs> okay. And the last, like one of the last days of science camp, we had a, it's like a talent show or like a comedy thing. It was like people mm-hmm. get up on and get up on stage and do things. things. Me and my friend did a skit. We plagiarized the Amanda show. <laughs> and yeah. Did you win? No. Well. Uh, not only that, a like the next week when we all went back to school, I'm in the lunch line and a person who is now a friend of ours, but he was not my friend back then. He approached me and said, hey, you ripped off the Amanda show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, this sucks. <laughs> And yeah, it's like I, I look back on that and feel very embarrassed for myself. <laughs> Sometimes on like a monthly basis, I think about that. And oh. I was like, that's I should that was a very poor decision. I shouldn't have done that just for my own. Why? It was like, like it was an entertainment show. It was fine. No, but I was like, yeah, it was so embarrassing. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, it's just really funny. Then I'm going to tell that story to that guy <laughs> next time we see him. We can see him next month. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the last show I have on my list for you is uh, The Hundred Good Deeds of Eddie, Mc- Eddie McDowell. Yep. That was a rare live action Nickelodeon show. Yeah. It was actually kind of a cool conceit. It was a story about a yeah. school bully mm-hmm. who d- like terrorizes like this kid so badly and then kicks a dog because he's evil. He's <laughs> a bad kid. Uh, where he's punished by, I, I guess, God. Yeah, some <laughs> a, kind of. A godlike being punishes this bully, the school bully, into, he turns him into a dog yep. because he kicked the dog. And now he's a dog who. It, he's the household dog to the kid he was mainly bullying. He, The only person who can understand him with English is mm. this kid that he bullied really bad. Yeah. And it, the only way for him to turn back into a human being is to do a hundred good deeds. Yeah. Um, the real thing about this is his parents don't notice he's missing. He's definitely gone for, for many a months, if not years, and trying the, to get these hundred good deeds done. And I'm pretty sure the show never finished. Like, yeah. They, he never got the, he never did those hundred deeds. He's still a dog somewhere in the world. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it, it was cool at the time, but then when you realize like, oh, the show's over. That A-K. sucks. <laughs> I thought it was good. I, I liked it. Yeah, I remember liking it. Thinking it was pretty interesting. It's definitely one of my shows too, right? Like a, I, I would consider that a runner-up. I definitely didn't watch. All I probably the watched every here. episode of Eddie McDowell, but there just wasn't as many episodes yeah. of Rocket Power. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, for me, I have the runners-up, not as many. Um, Zaboomafu. 
Is that, was that a PBS show? Yeah. But a lemur? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the, I, I don't think I ever watched that, but I remember the, the title. I watched it a lot with my little sisters. So it was just like one of those shows where we're like, all right, Zaboomafoo's on. Zaboomafoo. I don't think that's the words. I don't think that's how it goes, but we watched it. I also um, watch a lot of a show called The Big Wolf on Campus. What the heck is that? It's an ABC show. It's an ABC joint. Is it a cartoon? Nope. It's about um, a foot. It's basically Teen Wolf, but but not as sexy. Oh no, I meant Teen. It's basically Teen Wolf, like the the movie. The Michael J. Fox. Ma- teen Michael Wolf. J. Fox is Teen Wolf, but not as homophobic. Um, not as homophobic. Well, I can't remember. Actually, could have been pretty homophobic. Um, and. So I guess I would say it's somewhere between Michael J. Fox's Teen Wolf and um, MTV's Teen Wolf. It's not sexy, and it's just about a dude who turns into a wolf and only like two or three of his friends. Maybe a little. It's like a little Buffy esque. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. Was it good? Probably not. <laughs> All my shows are good. I've never. We've never discussed a bad show of mine. And the other show that almost won that we almost talked about instead of Tribe is called Crashbox, which was an HBO joint, which was just a learning thing. And I can't even say that I watched that because of my younger sisters. I watched that because I enjoyed it. (laughs) They had puzzles and stuff that I'd be like, am I smart enough to get this? And at 35, I'm still not. Am I 35? No. (laughs) It's definitely one of those shows that we almost talked about and I almost got clips for. Yep. And did notes for. Yep. Uh, (laughs) I would consider it HBO's answer to Sesame Street. Yeah, I suppose. Would you say having watched both that first episode and The Tribe as the first episode, which was the better show? Crashbox was better. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say Crashbox maybe would have beat Rocket Power. <laughs> the Tribe didn't. <laughs> tribe did. You're living in denial. But those are our runners-ups. Nice. And that is full, a full show. year. Yeah. Full year. Full decade. That's the end of the decade. That's Happy, the end of the decade. We partied like it was 1999, and whoops, now we're going whoops, into the whoops. new millennium. Uh, Thanks for going on this journey with us. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's close out with some plugs. Um, you can follow us, as I mentioned earlier, on Twitter and on Instagram, at Media Made Show. Mm-hmm. Got those polls, put up videos, artwork. Share your artwork with us here. If you are a fan of the tribe, and you have some fan art to share with us. We will, Give it to us. I want it. We will share it. Um, we also, you know, random stuff. A lot of cool, fun stuff. Yeah. We share on Twitter. Uh, as for me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob the Master. Uh, I tweet video game stuff mostly. Um, I also host a wrestling YouTube show called Keep Kayfabe. It's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. We cover our favorite uh, we cover our favorite professional wrestlers, stories, characters, all that stuff. Yeah. And I write for a video game website called ZeldaDungeon.net where we cover the Legend of Zelda video game series. So if you like Zelda, check that out too. Anything? You want to cover? Nope. I do nothing. I do nothing. <laughs> but definitely check out that Media Made, at Media Made Show on Instagram. That's yeah. what Jess does. Oh, yeah. I, I do that. Um, mm, I'll be better about Instagram, kids. Probably. And with that, that's the end of our show. So as we mentioned, we're going to close out with Abba Messiah. Yeah. Which is, uh, I, I, th- I think, a theme song for the tribe at some point. Right. Yeah, I think so. Or at least uh, the closing. The song is credited by the Cloud Nine Tribe, or alternatively, the Tribe Cast. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Singing kids. Uh, it's singing kids. Yeah. And it's it's so out there. <laughs> it's very. I I don't even know how to explain it. 
<laughs> well, you kids, you're just going to hear it. And you're you're going gonna... to hear it. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, anyway, so that's our show. We will see you all next time. With not next time, because obviously we're going to going to be doing our movies of 2000. But before that, we got to do our QQs. Yeah. Q, 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 So get ready for our awards show next time. But after that, we will see you with our movies of 2000. Wow. And remember, kids, it's cool to be a squid on the beach, but a squid in a tribe means you're dead. <laughs> I didn't have one. Oh,